Welcome to the final thesis of the Book of Medora podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. We have assembled a 62-page document <laughs> named The Accursed Timeline. What a! am so happy we stuck with that name. It's a powerful name. I think my favorite part about the name is that it's um, sort of us shaking a fist and going, that damn timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think that when it was originally coined, it was supposed to refer to Demise's curse, but now it's just like this fucking timeline. <laughs> well, it'll be useful because my hope is that Breath of the Wild 2 will be the conclusion to The Legend of Zelda. And after what? that, they'll make Shin the Legend of Zelda. Oh, okay. Which will be yeah. a separate timeline. Well, for both diagrams, I was very careful to keep a leading line both at the beginning of creation and after Breath of the Wild because it doesn't end there. Yeah. <laughs> we have infinite antiquity and the potential for infinite futures. But if you ask me, I would join the two together and make a, a, a circle. A closed loop. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, um, actually, Crystal, that brings something to mind. Is there a Megami Tensei timeline? Like, not, not just a document that says what order they come in, but like a visual. Oh, yes. Maybe not an official one, but there are many fan-made ones. But it, it's, it is a lot like Zelda, where you can cobble together a mostly agreed-upon order, but there's not a hard official timeline. Okay. You know, that's an interesting thing. Um, and that a lot of people would argue that The Legend of Zelda now does have a hard official timeline, treating the Hyrule Historia and the Zelda Encyclopedia as primary texts to be referenced. Yeah, I mean, it does. We reject that. There's problems with that. There's writing in the Hyrule Historia that says it's not meant to be taken as a strict guide that precludes other readings of the text of the games. That is true. To be clear, neither is the Accursed Timeline. Oh, absolutely not. Um, the final thesis of the Book of Medora podcast is not just the timeline itself, but an assertion that anyone can make their own timeline, and it's just as valid as whatever Nintendo or we come up with. Maybe not just as valid. Some of y'all got bad ideas. <laughs> Yeah, the validity of a timeline theory is mostly based on how good is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or how much it connects with existing games. If, or? if Termina is a dream that Skull Kid has, then you have a bad timeline. <laughs> now, I if you can write me a, a good fan fiction about how Termina being a dream is actually really thematically resonant, then maybe I could, I could be swayed to it. Ditto. Uh, no. It's all about the framing, right? The point is, you got to get us enthusiastic about the idea. Yes. You got to have a good pitch. So, what's the pitch for this timeline? Um, something, something that keeps up Ganon's dwarf's validity. You mean his, um, validity? Validity. <laughs> yeah. You mean his, uh, shit. You mean his autonomy, his uh, sure. agency? Yeah, okay. I, more like relevance. Okay, you're not supposed to be like digging down <laughs> into the depths of my ulterior motives for coming up with the original 
hey, concept here. It works. <laughs> it works. It does work, but it's like, okay, sure. I'll put it out there now. The primary reason that I came up with the original is that one, it was time travel, so it fit. But that's also what allowed me to come up with a version of Ganondorf that doesn't have to be predicated on the curse of demise. Yes, I would say there are three main foundations for this timeline. Number one, de-emphasizing demise in favor of Ganondorf. Number two, couching everything in the events we see and not off-screen events. And number three, giving games that were previously kind of perfunctory to the Historia timeline, such as the NES games or Four Swords Adventures, and making them actually extremely important. Yeah. The degree to which they ended up being extremely important was a surprise to all of us. But to be clear, like, when I was either playing or watching those, rewatching those games, I just mostly kept an open mind and went, well, how does this connect or what if? For those of us who are joining us for the first time, a lot of the wilder bullshit <laughs> that you're about to hear, which again, we stand behind, comes from Monica, uh, watching long plays of some of these games so that she could stick together different lore bits. Everything about Four Swords Adventures, certain the placement of Link Between Worlds, that's her. I'm not sorry. Credit where credit is due. And it is credit. You're not being shamed here. Thank you because for it, reading primary documents. <laughs> like primary. a historian. No problem. I love, I love reading text logs and looking at the actual game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It helped me with my, my arguments <laughs> with different Zelda things. Yeah. In the days of yore. We, yeah, when you used to argue with my ass about it. Uh-huh. Or other people. So, how are we going to go about presenting this timeline? I guess we could begin with recapping some of our major departures and concepts for this timeline. Okay, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Do we all have it pulled up? Yeah, so a bit of timeline history, I guess... The reason the Historia timeline was broadly accepted is because it wasn't really that radical. A lot of the timeline had been agreed upon by that point. Like, everyone knew the original games, A Link to the Past is a prequel to the NES games, Oracles and Link's Awakening are somewhere between them. Ocarina splits off into Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, and Majora's Mask is a direct sequel, Phantom Hourglass Spirit Tracks after Wind Waker. And the Minish Cap, Four Swords, and Four Swords Adventures are obviously a trilogy. So those mm-hmm. three subsections of the timeline were all pretty obvious and agreed upon. It was just fitting them together like awkward Lego bricks that was difficult. Yeah. I guess the distinctive thing about the Historia is the the third branch. Mm-hmm. I guess it's impossible to talk about this timeline and the history of Zelda timelines in general without talking about what are basically taken as Nintendo sanctioned timelines. Yeah. We could probably skip over the Zelda.com timeline from back in the day. Yes. The two main ones out right now are the Historia and the Encyclopedia. What are the ways in which the Hyrule Historia and the Zelda... Well, uh, we're skipping a little bit of history here. The point is that as the games got more complex, it got harder and harder to link them together. And there was a period of well over a decade where fans were trying 
to put forth this idea that Nintendo had a secret document that explained perfectly how all the games linked together and that this document would have also guided the writing of the plots of new Zelda games. That's a hilarious. I mean, it's super wrong. That The idea of that nowadays knowing what we know about Nintendo is just a hilarious absurdity. Crystal... When you think about the plot of Twilight Princess, um, do you recall how the Twily were conceptualized? Uh, what do you mean? Well, like the entire story of Twilight Princess got its start from the idea that Link could turn into a wolf, right? Mm-hmm. And then they decided that instead of having a fairy follow him around, Link should have a companion <laughs> yeah. that rides on his back. Yes, I remember this, because he, he just didn't look right as just a wolf. Right. Wasn't a, a good enough silhouette. Silhouettes so, are important. Silhouettes are super important. In fact, they're so important that they can actually dictate the entire plot of a game. Because everything about Midna and the Twily and the Twilight Realm came from needing to put somebody on Link's back. And also, what would a wolf do? Like, see in black and white. Oh, yes. Oh, Which so the Twilight Realm was supposed to be originally. Right. Oh, you remember all those old trailers of Twilight Princess where the Twilight Realm was black and white? What an interesting aesthetic that was. I think this is true. Stuff like this is often brought up for Zelda stuff to to discount the idea that Miyamoto has some some grand book sitting in his desk somewhere that describes the history of everything. But this is kind of how all stories are developed, even very narrative-heavy video games that do focus on the narrative. Yeah. The ideas come from weird places, and you just kind of cobble stuff together and iterate on it and find out what works the best. Yeah. That definitely that's, – that's a very good description of how Nintendo approaches these things. Though I do still love the image of Miyamoto, of all people, being the grand arbiter of all Zelda stories Instead of saying that a game has too much story, take it out. Miyamoto, who mashes through all of the text in Breath of the Wild, and you know that he does. This was a wonderful time back then, because everybody argued. Back in the late <laughs> 90s and mid-aughts was a period that was very rich for people who like to discuss timelines and how they work together. Did you participate in that, Crystal? Oh, yes. <laughs> that was the real shit. And the brilliance of the Historia is that it said, you know all those games that are really hard to fit in, that just don't seem to fit after Twilight Princess, but also can't really happen after Wind Waker? What if we stuck those in a third timeline? Which, brilliant. I love that idea when I first read it. What a great idea. I still like it. But how did that go, Crystal? Well... Yes, it is a brilliant idea. Having three timelines for the three Triforces is good. But it was based on the idea that Link died and lost in Ocarina off-screen. Yeah, super off-screen. Which a lot of people understandably didn't like, because it seems like building a whole timeline off of a fail state is a little... It's not a great foundation. Especially because a lot of people will never see it. I've never died in that game, I think. At least not in front of Ganon. I had at least, you know, one fairy and 
what is it, five potions? No, it was three potions. Three potions. Okay. Look at Monica over here with her fucking big gamer energy. I can't remember how many bottles there were. Four. It's four bottles, okay. but I'm saying like never dying in Ocarina of Time is what I'm referencing when oh, I say okay. you're waltzing. And I was a little bit older when playing it compared to you. Yeah. So you could, the Hyrule Historia is based on the idea that Link wins and dies in Ocarina of Time, which means that it's based at least partially on an event that is non-canon. Yes. Which theoretically is fine. But at the same time, it's not very satisfying, is it? And I remember I listened to our Ocarina of Time episode again. That was just between Crystal and Cameron. And that's also when you bring up the beginnings of the Accursed Timeline. The strange thing about the Downfall Timeline where Link dies is somehow, without Zelda dying, um, they seal Ganondorf up. Oh, yeah. And without Link. Yeah, they managed to beat Ganondorf without Link in the theoretical uh, downfall timeline. Oh, and Ganondorf has the full Triforce, actually. Oh, yeah. He's- Ganondorf has the full Triforce. Zelda is not dead somehow. They still beat him. And then they still beat him, which is a oddity. Yeah, it makes no sense. And then the Zelda Encyclopedia is much worse because it suggests that uh, Termina's not real. And probably my biggest problem with both of these timelines is placing Four Sword Adventures after Twilight Princess. Yeah. That's a weird one. (laughs) Like, I think that that's genuinely weirder than anything that we do. And I I guess we touched on the reason why. It's because there is a dark mirror in that game. Yes. But uh, at the same time, it means that the Twilight became evil. Again. Again. Somehow. They cut themselves off from the holy light of Hyrule and thus fell from grace in the Historia timeline. The other issue with that is that Ganondorf um, apparently reincarnates in Four Swords Adventures, if you said it that way. Yes. And nobody knows who this motherfucker is. Nobody knows who Ganondorf is, even though they really should in that timeline. He's waged two big-ass wars to take over Hyrule. Yeah. So... You'd think at least the Gerudo would stop naming their kids Ganondorf. What Gerudo mom looks down at her kid with his huge, fiery-looking eyebrows that are connected to his hairline and goes, You know what? This one. This one I'm calling Ganondorf. (laughs) I mean, do you think in, like, 700 years, a German mother can look upon her child and say, I'm gonna call you Adolf. I mean, I'm sure that there's still kids named Adolf right now, but goddamned if there's any of them named Adolf Hitler. Or also, like, Lucifer, really. I don't think there's a lot of Lucifers out there. No. There's Lucians. If you that's, need, like, a goth protagonist, that's a good name. Oh, that is a good name. Lucius is also good in, like, a pinch, but not as good. But no, there's no Lucifer. Look, Ganondorf. It's a bit extreme. It's all I'm saying. So... Hyrule Historia, pretty good first draft, introduces a very good idea of splitting the timeline in three, mm-hmm. but can be approved. Encyclopedia, worse second draft. Sometimes it happens, you know? Sometimes your editor lets you down a little bit. I, I love the encyclopedia being released because everyone who was tooting the, the official timeline of the Historia suddenly went, 
wait, <laughs> record scratch. It's funny because people will actually backpedal and say that the Historia is the one to be referenced, even though the encyclopedia is later and by some logics more canon, simply because the Historia timeline is genuinely the better and more pleasing one. Now, I do kind of see where they're coming from, though, in splitting everything off of Ocarina. Because at the time, Ocarina was clearly meant to be the imprisoning war. Yes, 100%. And Four Swords Adventures was also kind of meant to be an imprisoning war. Yes, 100%. So how do you reconcile these things? Well, you have that's the a really good... war happened in another timeline. <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, the imprisoning war, it, it's just a motif that is repeated throughout history because of Ganon. But I don't think that the encyclopedia or the Historia really come up with a satisfying answer to the question of why do we see the imprisoning war so many times? Yes, there is there is definitely a distinct difference between the Ganondorf era and the Ganon era. And that mm-hmm. is not something that the Historia adequately explains. Yeah. Nor does it try to address why Ganondorf keeps coming back in one timeline and not so much the others, except for Four Swords Adventures. Yeah. They don't seem to notice that sort of thematic problem or nature of that reincarnation. Mm, mm, just that it happens. Yeah. So, in a way, the Book of Medora originally wasn't supposed to be a podcast about the Zelda timeline, at least not in theory. No, it's about I, Zelda lore more broadly. Yeah. When we started, it was almost like a, um, I guess you could almost call it a replay podcast where we play through the games and we talk about their story and we just talk about the lore in a fun way. But we weren't setting out trying to come up with a counterpoint to the Hyrule Historia. We did have a concept of how do concepts in the series evolve over time, such as how the Triforce is conceptualized. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I hope that you will bring that up a little bit later in the podcast. Now, um, we didn't set out to be a timeline podcast, but eventually that did become sort of a background process that was happening. And over the course of a year and a half or longer, I'm not actually sure how long we've been around. When did that happen? Or how did that happen? How did what happen? How did you get more concerned about the timeline and how did that grow in importance? I'm sure that it mostly happened because of a joke that Crystal made at some point in one of the first three or four episodes about how Ganondorf is just a demise reincarnation. And then I went, ooh. <laughs> and I, I re-listened to some of the earlier episodes too. And by the time Ocarina of Time comes along, clearly Cam had hinted about this timeline theory and told Crystal about it. And I don't know. It was just brewing. It didn't really, there wasn't a moment in the recording where either of you went, aha. It's just Cameron's big cockamamie theory at that point. Uh Uh-huh. Episode 12, Four Swords Plus. (laughs) That's the first game to really throw a wrench in the timeline. Because up to then, you you can place everything pretty confidently. You can. After that, though. What? No. The Accursed Timeline was brought up in the Ocarina of Time Time episode. episode. And I I think that was already a a huge wrench. Oh, yes, of course. But, like, 
there's what Crystal is saying is that Four Swords Plus uh-huh. is the game where the lore of the game itself is so odd or sparse or strange oh. that it's difficult to fit into the timeline and you have to do some flexing to get it to fit. Yes. The Oracle games are another good example of this phenomenon. That's true. Um, I guess Four Swords Plus was a great support for the cursed timeline. It helped shore up a lot of the, the support beams. Yeah. <laughs> support beams. Originally, your your theory was that Breath of the Wild took place on the the demise branch. It made the most sense to me at the time. I think even now we still kind of conceptualize as it being as the demise branch being most important in the events of the backstory of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it definitely feels like the demise branch subsumes the other timelines, and Breath of the Wild kind of builds off of the storytelling tropes in those games rather than the ones in from the Aonuma era, so to speak. Which is funny because when the Historia first came out, people were like, we are never going to see anything on the Downfall timeline again. But it's everything's been on it since then. Everything. <laughs> There's no question. Which I think is a lot of fun, really. People were so sure that the Aonuma era of storytelling would continue basically forever, but it didn't. Ganondorf disappeared for 13 years, almost 14 now, coming up on 14 next year. If the game, if Breath of the Wild sequel comes out next year, it'll have been a 14 year gap between his appearances. Did we discuss this on the air? I think we did. Breath of the Wild 2, 2020. I still say 2021, but I'm hopeful, you know? It's 2022. (laughs) It's our milkshake bet. Is a game both on Switch and Switch 2. Oh, so you're expecting it to be uh, an unoptimized Switch 2 game and an excellently optimized Switch game. That's how Zelda do it. That is how Zelda often do. Anyway, we were unsatisfied with the state of the official, so to speak, timeline. And as we went through the lore of the games, a different idea began to present itself. And this episode of the Book of Medora is the end point of our figuring. It's just been the three of us putting together a timeline for something like a million hours in total. Was it a million? About a million. Okay. 10,000 years. Okay. 10,000 years that we have spent putting together this timeline. And this episode is us presenting that to you. 62 pages is a lot of pages. It is. Now, for those curious, this timeline is going to be available to anyone who hears this. It's a PDF document that will just be on the internet. You can find it at bit.ly slash the accursed timeline. Capital the capital accursed capital timeline. Because bit.ly URLs are case sensitive. Oh, that makes sense. So again, that's bit.ly the accursed timeline and capitalize each word. So how do we want to do this, though? Like, now we're to the point where it would make sense for us to transition into actually talking about what we see as the timeline. But do we want to talk about, like, the concepts behind it, the timeline splits? Uh, what, what do we want to do? Or do we want to present it as, like, a narrative where it's like, aha, surprise, here's where the timeline splits? Actually, let's do a narrative. Like okay. That classic Medora. 
That is classic Medora. I guess let's flip to the giant diagram. Well, I mean... <laughs> quick, quick question, everybody. Yes? So, in the beginning... Yeah? No, that was just a joke. That was a reference to the giant bomb cast. Oh, okay. Got it. But in the beginning, the heavens and earth were created. Who did uh, it? Supposedly. Uh, yeah. That, that is the apocryphal part of the timeline. Nobody's quite sure what happens, but this is the story that the gods tell. The only reason I could put this in here is because I stuck apocryphal before it. Yeah, I would have argued it out otherwise. But I love that idea. This is the story that the gods tell. Here is, uh, as Crystal phrased it, the religion of the gods. The old gods, the gods who the gods worship, are said to have created the world and left behind... The Triforce, or the True Force, which is said to hold but a fraction of their divine power. And then they fuck off. They f- just fuck off. Though they can be called upon sometimes. It happens several times throughout the series. Yeah. They also leave behind some fire. Yeah, they do leave behind the Divine Flames, which are a representation of the Force also. Uh, one could say is their bodies, though that is a <laughs> uh, contested statement. It is. That, that, that is true. That, that is well I contested. I saw your tweet about that. Yeah, it's a good tweet. And when they left behind the Triforce, there is a period of history that is in no way recorded. The earliest known history of which we are aware. And here's where we probably need some explanation. Because there will be some of you who are only listening to this episode and not the Spirit Tracks episode. We started off strange. We did. Um... It does need to be said that for the best and smoothest understanding of this episode, you should really just listen to the entire Book of Medora podcast. It's a good podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and folks have fun listening to it. But there's evidence in Spirit Tracks that there was a civilization that predated the war with Maladus, and that this civilization venerated the Triforce alongside the Spirits of Good. That's in the the realm... That Tetra discovers. Yes. And this kingdom that would eventually be uh, repopulated by the peoples of Hyrule after the events of Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass, we put forth that since the Triforce was worshipped there alongside the Spirits of Good, that this is actually the original home of the people of Hyrule. And when I put it that way, it sounds crazy, (laughs) but we still hold it. Find details on it in the document. Funnily enough, this is just based off of tangential item descriptions in the game. Oh, yeah, that's our aesthetic. 100%. Uh, Rudo crowns indicating Zoras have lived there before. There's the ancient gold pieces, which bear the mark of the Triforce. They predate rupees as a currency. They predate rupees as a currency, and they're marked with the Triforce on a continent that is completely different from the one where Hyrule rests. But it is indicated in the larger game of Spirit Tracks because... Um, Tetra's bloodline is of importance in this new land for some reason. For some reason. For some unknown, unspoken of, or unaddressed reason. Yes. So, in this place, which we call the Old Kingdom, the Triforce was guarded over by the, sorry, was guarded by the spirits of good, including a particular one named Hylia. Do we want to get into the whole, who are the spirits of good? No, they're gods. 
They're gods who served the old gods and guarded the Triforce to protect it and uh, not just humanity, but all of mortal kind. And it's good. It was a good little kingdom where the gods hung out and were, like, visible to the people. And then there were interlopers upon this order. People who wanted power and wanted the Triforce. Who wanted the Triforce, yes. People who were humans. Yes, at least as best as can be said. Though humanity in The Legend of Zelda is very fluid. And if you possess great power, as these interlopers were said to, and the evil in your heart is virulent enough, that evil can be reflected in your body, and you are become a demon. We do see people who change back and forth from the demonic to human. Yes. Namely, Batro. Yeah. But also, I mean, I guess Ganon. Gandorf, in essence, becomes demonic. And so. he's, he can go back and forth between his demon form and his human form as he pleases because he's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So our here's another idea that we've put out there is that the dark interlopers from the backstory of Twilight Princess are actually the original demon army who attacked the old kingdom under the direction of Maladus. That makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. Maladus being one of well, the earliest demon king that we are aware of. There is actually some suggestions that Demise may have led incursions before Maladus, because in Skyward Sword, Demise is referred to as appearing over and over again throughout history. Interesting. That's how Phi describes him, I believe. Okay. And he is a being that has conquered time itself. Yes. And not just that he has conquered time itself, but he has personally been incarnating over and over, which is part of why they end up killing him the way that they do. Um, so Maladus shows up at the head of the army of the Dark Interlopers, who would in and in time be transformed by their evil and their power into what would later be known as the Demon Tribe. They wage war against the spirits of good, and it's just the biggest war that the setting has ever seen up until Ganon does his real thing. And it destroys the land, and it scatters all the people of the Old Kingdom everywhere. They have to flee. They become refugees. Some of them flee out into the oceans, where they are rescued by the Lord of the Seas, Oceus. Some of them flee through the Lost Woods, where they end up falling into alternative worlds like Termina. And there's one particular group that flees in a very particular direction later. Now, Maladus, when he leads this big attack, is... Not quite up to the task of destroying the spirits of good and gaining the Triforce, but the spirits of good, though confident that they will succeed, are not so confident that they're willing to take a risk. So Hylia, the most powerful of the spirits of good, is designated as the one who will take the Triforce and the remaining peoples of the kingdoms and flee through the Lost Woods. And this is just a reminder that the Lost Woods is actually on every continent in this legend. For some reason, it's the one connecting location in every story. Makes sense. It's magic. Yes, the Lost Woods, at the very least, connects uh, Hyrule, Termina, Labrina, and New Hyrule. Yes. The Old Kingdom uh, being the New Hyrule that Crystal refers to there. So, Hylia takes the Triforce and the remaining peoples of the Old Kingdom and flees through the Lost Woods while the rest of the Spirits of Good stay behind to fight Maladus for the last time. And the Spirits of Good manage to destroy him, 
but they can't defeat his spirit. So they bind it beneath the earth with the spirit tracks. And that's the last thing that they managed to do. They all fucking die after that. And Maladus's demon horde is mostly scattered, but he wasn't the only demon king. You tell the next part. The next part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell it off the top of your head. Come on. Yeah. Hylia makes the... the Hylia arrives in the new land, which is Hyrule. Eventually Hyrule. Eventually. Uh, because she is the goddess of time, she can see what's happening. And what will happen. And what will happen. And makes plans for it. Um, key of these being that a lot has to go into motion after she dies. So when Demise strikes... Which is hundreds of years later, it seems like. Could be, yeah. Unless everybody was moving very quickly. True. <laughs> um, when Demise strikes, every uh, people assists her in uh, battling the demons... Uh, except for the the Hylians. Humans. Which, the humans. Humans at the time. Sure. Who are sent up by her with the Triforce into the sky. And she battles with Demise for an unspecified but probably very epic amount of time. <laughs> and he is uh, imprisoned, is sealed beneath a spike. I'd like to think that she drives it into his head. He does have a wound on his head when he manifests again. Yes. And then she dies, which is part of her plans, I guess. There was a little bit there um, in the story. This is another bit where um, she empowers three dragons to fight alongside her. Mm. And they're instrumental in the defeat of the demonic hordes. Yes. We posit that the three dragons, Farron, Leneru, and Elden, since they share the same basic role and the exact same names as the Light Spirits in Twilight Princess, that these are, in fact, the same characters. And that at this time, in the initial battle with Demise, is when the six sages, the greatest worshippers of Hylia, alongside the three dragons, defeat the demonic hordes and seal them away with the Mirror of Twilight. The sages already being in existence because their seals are in Hylia's temple. Yes, in Skyward Sword. But and also, they're the ones who actually worked the Mirror of Twilight <laughs> to seal away the Twilight. So we, they have to have been existent back then. Right. And Hylia dies. And yes, this is part of her plan because gods cannot wield the Triforce's full power. And she's only confident that the Triforce would be able to kill Demise. Nothing else. So then we get to the actual first game <laughs> of this series. Skyward Sword. We should mention one more special concept, which is the origin of the Rito. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The yes, Rito yes, yes. are actually the indigenous people of the land that would come to be called Hyrule. They lived in Death Mountain in the fire sanctuary that you visit in Skyward Sword. Yes. Uh, you can tell this because the fire sanctuary has many uh, statues and portraits of bird people. And it, it said that a long time ago, those above ground and those below lived together in harmony by the blessing of the mountain. The assumption here being that the people who lived above the ground were the Rito and below the ground being the magma. Which also explains why the Rito or the Zora Rito live on Death Mountain in Wind Waker. We can get to that. Sure. Crystal, what happens in Skyward Sword? 
a in lot. Sky- <laughs> in Skyward Sword, thousands, thousands of years after this war, probably about 3,000, I would say. <laughs> Two children were born, Zelda and Link. They were the best of friends, and eventually they would become husband and wife. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Fuck. But their idyllic lifestyle was squashed when Zelda was plucked out of the sky by a big tornado. In the middle of her shoujo confession scene. And Link tried to tried to save her, but he just couldn't do it because you can't you can't get below the clouds. How could you even do that? There's a barrier. What's even down there? But it's okay because a spirit appeared before him, leading him to a sacred chamber deep in the heart of the Isle of the Goddess on the floating Isle of Skyloft. And inside it was the Goddess Sword and the spirit of the Goddess Sword, Phi, who told Link of his magical destiny to aid Zelda the spirit maiden, in her quest on the surface. So Link goes, goes to the surface. He's, he uses the fee's help. He kills demons. And he learns that the demon lord Girahim pulls Zelda to the surface because he's going to use her to resurrect the ancient demon king, Demise. Yeah. Link eventually catches up to Girahim. I'm sorry. Link eventually catches up to Zelda. How do you know? The Girahim attacks, and Zelda and her attendant Impa flee through the Gate of Time into the past. And the Gate of Time is destroyed behind them, so now neither Girahim nor Link can reach them. So, in order to be powerful enough to defeat Demise, Link needs to make the Master Sword. Yeah. And that means sticking the Goddess Sword within the sacred flames of the old gods. According to some scholars, the very bodies of the old gods. <sighs> yes. And with that, the goddess sword gains. It becomes longer. It can do dowsing good. Thanks, Nehru. <laughs> yeah. Wisdom. And it gains the power to repel evil and therefore becomes the blade of evil's bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparkle and because, because it has been heated by the sacred bodies of the gods, it now has the power to even nullify powers granted by the Triforce. Which will be important later. So then Link ends up gathering pieces of an ancient song so that he can make his way to the resting place of the Triforce. It was in Skyloft all along. In the Sky Temple beneath the giant statue of Hylia. Damn it. Because Link has forged his spirit through the journey, partially by uh, adventuring within the Silent Realm, he is able, he has forged his spirit into one that can that can hold the Triforce without it splitting apart. Yeah, that wasn't really a thing for a while, was it? But Crystal, why does he need the Triforce? So here's Zelda's big plan. Or I guess Hylia's big plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't we just shoot the Joker? Yeah! <laughs> We're going to use the world's biggest gun, the, the creation engine of the universe. Uh-huh. And we're going to wish Demise to be dead. We're going to fire a giant bullet, literally. <laughs> yeah, they do that. Yeah, so, they, they do it. Demise is fucking killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like, Demise pops out, he's like, Rawr, and then Link is like, here's my big gun. And then it shoots a mountain-sized bullet right at Demise, and he's smashed. And I really like, symbolically, it mirrors the... Um, 
the ancient cistern dungeon in oh, which yeah. the demons are crushed under the the feet of but the but the Buddha. Right. Yes, and that literally since. Demise is smashed underneath the Isle of the Goddess. He is also crushed beneath uh, Hylia Buddha's feet. Yeah. Good symmetry. So they won. Everything is good, right? Nope, wrong. Because Girahim attacks. He's still around. He grabs a hold of Zelda and goes through the other gate of time. Which was a thing. That was a side quest. So now he took her back to the past. Just, just right after Demise was initially sealed by Hylia. About 3,000 years, give or take. And Girahim successfully completes his ritual to resurrect Demise. And now Link needs to kill him the good old-fashioned way, with the Master Sword, which has the power to repel evil. Doesn't go back and wish on the Triforce again. Doesn't bring the Triforce with him. I guess you That might be couldn't. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, what would that do to the space-time continuum? Yeah. Who knows? There'd be two Triforces. Maybe that's how low rule happens. Maybe that's how low rule happened, actually. So Link kills Demise? Link does kill Demise pretty good and seals his spirit within the Master Sword to be slowly eradicated over the aeons. But before Demise finally falls, he casts a curse on the bloodline of Zelda and Link that they shall be hounded, that these low lifes shall be <laughs> hounded by an incarnation of his hatred for all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Link returns to the future with Zelda, or rather to the present, he does it by placing the Master Sword, the knife that cuts through time, in the pedestal and the heart of the Temple of Hylia. And in the past. In the past. And this is where he splits the timeline. This is the first split. It probably needs to be mentioned that due to time shenanigans, Zelda had, through the course of Skyward Sword sealed herself up in the past. To maintain the seal on Demise. Yes. And the whole time you are running around defeating Demise. And trying to get the Master Sword. There's uh, another instance of Zelda in the past who is sleeping. She's just in a, she's in a rock through that door over there. You can see the rock if you look through it. So there's one Zelda... Until Girahim grabs present Zelda and takes her back into the past where she was already sealed inside a rock. Then there's two Zeldas. It's a good thing they don't blow up. It's uh, Sure. That's the stupid kind of time travel <laughs> rules. So we've got Zelda in the past who would only awaken once Demise is destroyed. And in the present timeline, that happens when Link wishes on the Triforce to kill Demise with a giant gun. Uh, in the past, it doesn't seem to happen. Link and the present Zelda return to their own time, and they leave behind them a very strange version of the world, where Demise's curse is permeating almost all of reality, and Zelda remains sleeping in her eternal vigil over a prison that now stands empty. In this, I suppose, Demise isn't really dead He's being worn away in the Master Sword. I mean, he's dead as shit. He's it's his, dead, but it's his soul that is he, being his, slowly destroyed. Right. He's less well, dead than he is in the other timeline. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. The Master Sword is not quite as effective as a Triforce <laughs> bullet. And so there's two branches now that we've uh, named the Demise timeline, the past, 
and then the imprisoned timeline at the present. Because in the present timeline of Skyward Sword, where most of the game takes place, Demise is not in his own body. And when he does appear, he is referred to as the imprisoned. It's worth mentioning at this point also that Skyward Sword Link is the first hero. (laughs) (laughs) I do need to put that in at every point. Okay, you're right. Okay. This is just to be real quick. Uh, Was this in the Skyward Sword episode? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Just to re-clarify, there's this idea that there was a hero who aided Hylia in the battle against Demise in the long, long ago. This was especially made uh, popular by the Skyward Sword manga. But in the text of the game, that's not true. There is a ceremony in the beginning of Skyward Sword, just before Zelda's kidnapped, that is meant to venerate the ancient hero and the goddess and how they related to each other, uh, the sailcloth that Hylia gave to her hero and so forth. But at the end of the game, when you travel back into the distant past, you do all the things that are described in that ceremony, and you are the first original ancient hero. At least as of this point in the Legend of Zelda franchise. Right. It's clear that no humans aided Hylia in her first fight with Demise. Demise does say that no human has ever stood up to him, ever. I like the High Link ship, but it doesn't work out <laughs> like in the manga. A High Link has to take its back seat to Z-Link, fools, <laughs> says Monica. And this is important because this Link is the most spiritually tested of all the Links. He has to prove himself to so many different gods. Yeah. That's true. That's no joke. And this Link lays the foundation for what a hero a Link is. He, He is the mold for the spirit of the hero. He and the Master Sword are forged together. They are matches for each other. And in order to carry the Master Sword, you have to be a match for him. That's pretty cool. That's fucking sick. Okay, so here we've got our timeline split. Do we want to talk about the Demise timeline or the Imprisoned timeline? So if this were a film, the way you do it, you you, you put the camera on the gate of time, and Link leaves the Master Sword in the past so it can slowly disintegrate Demise's soul. And he and Zelda walk through the gate of time, but the camera stays exactly where it is. And you see a time lapse where centuries seem to pass and Zelda is still sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought that the... <laughs> Go on. I thought that the, the JoJo ending song would come up and the to be continued text would pop up by your description. <laughs> so Zelda is, is sleeping, awaiting her hero. But Girahim and the other demons, they're still around. Yep. Yeah, there are quite a few of them who were not sealed behind the Mirror of Twilight, and past Girahim is still alive. But also, Demise is super dead, so there's no reason for Skyloft to be in the sky anymore. Yeah, the the, the people of Skyloft, they come down, because from their perspective, they have not been up there for thousands of years. They've been up there for maybe a few generations. Yeah. So they return to the Earth... And Impa, who was a central character in Skyward Sword, believe it or not, I can't believe that it's still the only game in the series where she's as important in that game. <gasps> it's like, hey, nobody touched this sword. The devil's in there. Yeah, okay. And also, over there, that's the goddess reincarnated. And everybody's like, oh, that's fucking sick. What happens after this, Monica? Um, the demon tribe attacks. 
Yeah. What do they do it for? Probably to free demise. Yeah. And um, the trouble is you can't really... Well, there's nobody to pull the Master Sword. But also you but can't also pull. you really shouldn't pull the Master Sword. Um, so the the people at the time are in a pickle. Yeah, because Hylia is asleep inside of a rock and the Master Sword can't be drawn. And this is where we stick the arrival of the Minish. Yeah. Because while the Master Sword... The Master Sword that's there is the Master Sword from the future. The goddess sword, the, the, what the master sword once was, was still up there in Skyloft. Which means it's now back on the ground. So the ancient legends of the Minish bringing the light force and the Pakori blade from the sky is actually the story of them bringing the goddess sword down from the sky and awakening the sleeping Zelda who holds the light force, the essence of Helia within her. Yeah. So the Minish, with their great smithing skills, with the power of Zelda next to them, I think that I put something in here about Zelda moving Fi's consciousness from the Goddess Sword to the Master Sword, just so there's room for her to be existent in Breath of the Wild. Together they forge the Goddess Sword into the Picari Blade, which isn't quite like the Master Sword, but it's still a pretty fucking powerful anti-demon weapon. And they find a hero amongst the humans who is able to wield the sword because there's not, still not many of those. It's not a master sword wielding link level hero, but it's pretty pretty cool guy. And then also Zelda's there with the light force and they fight the demons and they seal them all within the bound chest, except Girahim who gets killed. Fuck you, Girahim. I guess he could still be out there, but I like to still imagine. be in the chest. He could still, no, I mean like he could still be out there, period. Oh, uh, sure. But, but I like to imagine that he's dead. And after that, um, Zelda takes prudent steps to, to hide the Triforce. And everything else. And everything else. Um, and the, the best place to hide such uh, things would be in the, the Silent Realm, um, which where she had previously hidden the Triforce um, in separate pieces. She placed them together there, and as, I guess in so doing transform the silent realm into a realm where the skies what's the phrase shone like gold shone, shone like gold fuck's sake i'm not doing the canadian thing the okay. skies shine gold not blue Great. thank you thank you and um thereafter that magical land becomes known as the golden land just to be clear with everyone, the Silent Realm is a sort of spiritual plane that exists in Skyward Sword, where Link has to go through a bunch of trials, first to forge himself into a hero, and then later to obtain the pieces of the Triforce. And when he does, the place turns goldenish. When he touches the last piece of the Triforce, the sky does turn to gold, yes. Which is the origin of the Golden Land in that timeline for our reading. So Zelda hides the Triforce. This is highly a reincarnate Zelda, who, to be clear, might be the most tragic version of any character in the entire series, especially this one in the past, because she wakes up and everyone that she knows just doesn't exist and will never exist, ever, which is like six kinds of fucked up. But she goes, okay, I'm going to fix things as best I can. She hides the Triforce. She, like, has the Master Sword there. Nobody touches the Master Sword. But the entrance to the Silent Realm is also, like, sealed, and eventually a kingdom is built where Zelda's bloodline is venerated, and 
she becomes head of a line of monarchs that all carry through their bloodline, their matrilineal bloodline, the power of the goddess Hylia. Also known as the Light Force. Which, yes, later known as the Light Force. Or the, Much as the, the Golden Land would also come to be known as the Sacred Realm. Yes, depending on where in the timeline you are. I think in, in the Demise timeline, it, it mostly is referred to as the Golden Land, I think. Because it really only comes up in Link to the Past. Right. Funnily enough. So... This version of Hyrule is actually real different from every other version, because even though Zelda and her descendants are monarchs, they don't really rule over people. They just kind of live alongside them, just in a bigger house. Is that how it is? I guess in Minish Cap, Zelda is like best friends with the blacksmith's son or... Blacksmith's... Nephew? Apprentice. Apprentice. Yeah, apprentice. And the king is close personal friends with the blacksmith, and Zelda running around with the peasants isn't seen as a very odd thing. She isn't brought up separate from other children. She's part of the community. She just lives in a bigger house that everyone is free to come into whenever they want. Fun. It's very, it's a very odd take on monarchy. And this is where the Minish Cap takes place. Yes. The Minish Cap is very interesting. Because it is the source of a character that people keep asking for him to return. Vati. Vati has had just as many games as Ganondorf has. Did you know that? Did you fucking know that? <laughs> the, Ganondorf has four. Does he ever appear as Ganondorf in Four Sword Adventures? Mm, he does not. Yeah. They drop his name, but I don't think it counts. Now granted, Vati the Minish person only appears in one game, so... Maybe it's not as cut and dried as all that, but Vati, the character, but oh, you know what I mean. So, peaceful kingdom that hides the Triforce so well that everybody fucking forgets about it. The most important relics in this kingdom are the bound chest where the demons are sealed and the Peekery blade, which acts as the seal on the demons. Unfortunately, a Minish uh, mage named Vati... Kind of wants power, so... He wants all the power. He shows up, wins a tournament. If you win the tournament, you're allowed to touch the blade. Well, you know, we should mention that he's carrying the mage's cap, which he stole from his master. Yeah. And which allows him s silly amounts of power. Yeah. And which he can use to, like, grant his own wishes to a small-scale effect. He doesn't do much with it. I mean, well, he becomes a big guy, but... The mage's cap is a device that grants wishes, but it needs a power source. And the power source is the strength of the user's heart. Mm. Vati's heart is enough to turn him into a really powerful wizard, but not much beyond that. A cool looking guy. Yeah. And he breaks the bound chest, uh, the, the, the picori blade. Because he thinks that the light force is inside the bound chest. And with the Light Force and the Mage's Cap, he could have infinite power. That is not how it goes. In opening the bound chest, Vati unleashes the entirety of the demon tribe on the world again. He doesn't give any particular thought to this, though. He's just like, ah, all right, bye. Gotta look for that Light Force. He also turns Zelda to stone at this point, just like, bleh. I'm sure the Light Force isn't there. No, I gotta go find the Light Force, excuse me. And Zelda's over there like, ah, I'm a rock. <laughs> And so Link is sent on a quest 
to reforge it, reforge the Picori blade. Yes, and because only kids can see the Picori yeah. at this point. Because uh, the Minish are also called the Picori, but only in the English version. This is so weird. It's a, it's a weird localization quirk. Um, And they reforged the blade. And, and by the way, uh, Va- the person that uh, Link is running around with is Ezlo, Vati's master, who Vati turned into a hat. That is also very strange. Yes. So they reforge the Picori blade, and then they take it even further, turning it into the Four Sword. Now, the intermediate stage between the, P- the Picori blade and the Four Sword is, of course, the White Sword which is also the intermediate stage of the sword in the original Legend of Zelda. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. That is interesting. I like that little bit of interestingness quite a lot myself. You know, I completely forgot that the four sword was in Minish Cap and that it did divide Link into four. Yeah, while I was writing the document, Monica was like, what do you mean it turns him into four people? I was like, you don't remember this fucking game at it's all. It's not very... Interesting. It's in multiple puzzles in the game, and it's used to defeat Vati in the game. It, but, like, it doesn't split him permanently into four. You have to stand on little glowing spots. Yeah, it's interesting. The four swords seems to almost be a living weapon that becomes more powerful over time rather than less. Anyway, Vati learns that the uh, light force is in Zelda. Yeah, he's like, what? Link rushes over to to rescue Zelda. Link beats up Vati. Um, Zelda uses her light force and the mage's cap and makes a wish. Fixes everything. Everything good now. Everything good now. Vati sealed... Vati's spirit is now sealed inside the four sword. As one do. As one do. It's what happens. But it's not like the master sword, so it's not destroying him. Or actually, maybe it is. Maybe it's trying its hardest. Maybe it's doing its bestest. And, and the... the f- <laughs> go on. No, go ahead. The four sword is kept in the elemental sanctuary, which is behind the door that leads to the Minish realm. And the elemental sanctuary appears to have golden light coming in through the windows. It sure does. In this realm that is not the same realm that Hyrule is in, but also not quite the Minish realm. So it is being kept in the Golden Land, the Sacred Realm. Yes, we would suggest as a podcast that the Elemental Sanctuary is sort of the foyer of the Silent Realm, the Golden Land. Also known as the store important stuff that shouldn't be touched place. Yeah, which, you know, a good thing to do with it. Though it is, this is something that's supported in later games in the Vati sequence, in that you can only get to the sanctuary by using portals that can only be opened by people who have the bloodline of the sages. Yeah. Which is, I think, an important thing to note. Yes. So after Force, after Minish Cap, what happened? I guess I can take this part. Uh, four Swords happen. What? What is Four Swords? So uh, the Book of Madura podcast is not the first group to dunk on Vati. The game Four Swords is the first game, first place <laughs> where people dunk on Vati. That's right, yeah. Um, the story of Vati becomes one in which um, his capture of Zelda becomes him um, wanting to kidnap beautiful maidens. The forging of the Four Sword was basically forgotten. Um, but legend does persist of, you know, 
some kid showing up and grabbing the four sword and whooping Vati's ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I <laughs> love that the conclusion that we've come to is that everyone kind of just like wrote Vati into much sillier versions of a fairy tale about him, and that Vati who is over time decaying inside the four sword and losing his identity. Eventually he pops out and goes, Hey, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Kidnap beautiful girl. Okay. Yeah. That's right it. here. Um, Zelda's, um, at this time have been, um, charged, charged with, with, thank you, maintaining and ensuring that the seal on, uh, Vati is maintained. Uh, it's not, it's not, they go in to check and he's like, bleh. I'm free now. I'm going to take Zelda away and make her my bride. The four sword has leveled up. So when Link grabs it, he splits, not permanently, but uh, for a, a great duration into four. Into four gremlins. Uh-huh. And um, through th- a number of quests in which you're tested by fairies. I don't think that I would even cover this part. Yeah, no, I'm not. Link That's just goes and say. whoops Vati's ass sure. from four directions. <laughs> That's the whole story. Yeah, that's the whole story. Of you you left this as one sentence in the <laughs> greater um, diagram. Yeah, I, I, that's how much is in it. Sure. Vati breaks out, kidnaps Zelda, gets his ass whooped, is sealed again. Yeah. Um, For- yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Four Swords is important because it is the first game to establish that antiquity stretches infinitely into the past. Yeah? That there are so many links... That have, that have fought evil, that some of them aren't even really that important and don't even deserve names. Yeah. Uh-huh. We never named this one, did we? I mean, it's Link, but yeah. The Hero of Four. The Hero of Four. <laughs> and from here? So, after Vati is defeated and put back in the four sword. They put the four sword back in the elemental sanctuary. And they kind of hold their hands up and back away, making sure he won't just pop out of the fucking thing again. And then they run out and slam the door behind them and lock it. Crystal, what comes next? And how does this differ from the official timeline? Next is the most important game of the timeline for swords adventures. I cannot fucking Woo! believe that that sentence you just said is fully accurate. Sometime before the events of four swords adventures... Who can say when? Perhaps perhaps during the War of the Bound Chest, perhaps afterwards, perhaps before. But the Curse of Demise was sort of coalesced within a, a trident. And that trident was guarded by the Gerudo and kept within a pyramid built by the, the Zuna people. But one day... The person who was supposed to be the guardian of the pyramid of, from the Gerudo tribe, Ganondorf, decided he was going to bust it and take the trident. The trident that would make you into the ruiner of worlds. Become the demon king. The trident that would make him the demon king. He also busted and stole various other artifacts like the Mirror of Twilight, also known as the Dark Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was just getting up to no good, generally. Yeah, gotta respect the hustle, though. Get all the relics. And in his mischief, he ends up freeing Vati. Ha ha ha! And he also ends up freeing some of the demons who were sealed behind the Dark Mirror, who had not become uh, uh, docile like the Twilight in the other timeline. 
I think this might be earlier on the timeline than Twilight Princess is, but it's really difficult to say. Yeah, I would say I would say in I have a whole meta time document that's not part of this because it's is very loose and not very well supported. But I think this probably happens roughly parallel to uh, the b- before the hold on before the war that united Hyrule. Uh, maybe. Actually, well, it could have still happened before Skyward Sword, if we want to go that far. It could have still happened before Skyward Sword. Hold on, let me move my document. I wrote this out. I like those time brackets in your Yeah, doodle. it's 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 about in line with, like, the Unification War. Yeah, that makes sense. So, we've got Ganondorf running around with the he has taken into his hand the very power and hatred of demise and fed on it, becoming the great demon king Ganon. And with the mirror of twilight, the dark mirror, he has unleashed demons on the world that are reflections of the heart of the hero. And more, he has unleashed Vati. This is the branch where the trident has the most importance. Yes, absolutely. It's the only one where demise's curse exists. Does the trident appear in any of the other branches? Not to the best. Like, he might wield a trident, but it's not this fucking thing. Right. No, but does does he wield a trident at all? In the other timelines? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I don't think so, no. That works out nicely. Let's just double check that. Uh, I think that he might wield it in a link between worlds, since you decided to do that. <laughs> mm, yes, that's true. Mm. But that's well after the wish resonates, but... We'll get into Yeah, that. okay. Anyway. So, so um, Ganon is working behind the scenes. While Vati is running around. At this point, Vati doesn't have a mind left. He's just pure destruction incarnate. And Ganon, through the machinations of the demons that he has unleashed from the Mirror of Twilight, has managed to kidnap the descendants of the sages and is scattering them all over the place, forcing Link to run around And it's just a whole fucking thing. It's just causing chaos everywhere. And while all this chaos is happening, Ganon is feeding off of it. Feeding off of people's suffering and their pain and their fears. And it's really, really making him more powerful every step of the way. But Link is wielding the four sword once again. And he runs off and he kicks Vati all to fuck. And Vati is actually completely obliterated this time. Sorry, Vati. Goodbye, Vati. That's the end of the Vati sequence. And when Link and Zelda are like, yeah, we did it. It's the greatest. Ganon shows up and he's like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I did all of that just for this moment. And the four sword isn't enough to defeat Ganon. The trident, in Ganon's own words, is much more powerful than the sword is. But Link doesn't fight Ganon alone. He fights Ganon as four of himself. But then he also is supported by Zelda's magic, and then later, the magic of the Six Maidens. And in combining all of these powers together, Ganon is defeated and sealed inside of the Four Sword, sort of like Vati was. And they take the Four Sword back to the Elemental Sanctuary inside of the Silent Realm, put it back into its pedestal, and then they put a really powerful pyramid-shaped seal on it, which some of you might remember as being part of the official art for the backstory of Link to the Past, where Ganondor- Ganon, Pig Ganon, is all squished up inside of a real tiny pyramid. Huh. That's it. Do you remember that one? Yeah. 
cannon sealed. Oh, yeah, that works. God, it's so silly looking. I'm going to put that in the slack real quick. And that's for the backstory of Link to the Past? Sure is. Cool. And it's the exact same pyramid seal that was eventually used um, in the art for Link to the Past. Anyway, 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 anyway. So Ganon is sealed in here, and they're like, okay, good. We, the sages, are able to call upon much greater powers to... Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Hold on. God, thank you for the power of editing. Hey, Crystal. Mm-hmm. Sealed Ganondorf. That's such a fat seal. <laughs> yeah. Still good. You better not edit this out. I'll, I'm leaving it there. For our listeners, we're looking at a picture of a seal with its head sunk back into its shoulders. Uh, because it's so fat. Well, it is a, it's a roly-poly seal, but you know they look more round when they pull their necks back. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it, uh, it has had Ganondorf's forehead and hair from his Smash Ultimate art render edited onto the seal's head, and it's very funny looking. I'm not sure where this came about, but um, image editor, I thank you. Yeah. Anyway, Ganon is left inside of the Four Sword underneath a seal in the Sacred Realm. And... <sighs> Oops. Oops. Link and Zelda and the Maidens, they all dust off their hands. Good job, team. Good job, team. We did it. And we're going to make sure this one sticks. Now, uh, we can only assume that somewhere in this vast stretch of time, thousands of years most likely, that the precautions taken by the goddess Hylia incarnate at the founding of the Kingdom of Hyrule, hiding the Triforce within the Silent Realm was forgotten by the royal family. Because if it hadn't been forgotten, maybe they wouldn't have stuck Vadi in there in the first place. They certainly wouldn't have put Ganon in there. And we come up onto what might be the single most important event in the entire timeline. Because the Four Sword can hold Vati, and they've put a much better seal on it than they used for him. But Ganon's not Vati. Ganon is the Demon King. Yeah. The King of Darkness cannot be shackled in the same way that the Wind Mage was. And after enough time, Ganon busts out. And he doesn't just kind of bust out either. He destroys the seal. The Four Sword is shattered. And then it's just Ganon alone in the Golden Land. And Ganon finds the fucking Triforce. And Ganon's like, ah, I think that I will make a wish. Crystal, how would you describe this wish? I wish to possess... All things. And this wish, the power of the Triforce is scaled directly to the power of the heart that makes the wish. And Crystal, as you've outlined before, the particular energy invested into this wish is almost singular in how intense it is. In the other timeline, when Ganondorf busted into the Sacred Realm and touched the Triforce, it split apart as soon as he touched it. Because his heart was not in balance enough. But this is a different canon. This is the Demon King who possesses the trident that holds the curse. And this is a canon that has been forged in, through the feats and become stronger for it. It is a canon who holds the very curse of demise within his heart. So when this canon touches the Triforce, this is a wish that echoes across all timelines. Because it is so powerful. That when he wishes for everything, 
He doesn't mean one timeline. He means everything. The Golden Land becomes the Dark World, and it is not enough. And so the seal placed with the power of the old gods by the sage's descendants, locking off the silent realm, the Golden Land, from the world of light begins to erode. This was hard to align on the diagram. Uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest reason that the full-size diagram is as long as it is. Yes. Well, no, it's because I couldn't cram down the bullet points any more than I already did. But, you know, anyway, so this is the beginning of what is known as the imprisoning war in the backstory of Link to the Past. This is like probably the number one wish in terms of ranking the Triforce wishes. In terms of how much it affected things? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It'd be fun if we ranked those wishes. Uh, maybe. Anyway, tangent. So and this, this... The cursed timeline is not so called because of Demise's curse. It is because of this wish. Yes. That because Ganon must rule all things. That means all timelines. That means he will keep coming back until his wish is completed. In making this wish, Ganon has rewritten the underlying rules of the universe in that it will be fulfilled. The Triforce won't let it happen any other way, regardless of how it's leveled against him. He will keep coming back until he wins. Period. It's a hell of a curse. Yeah, I bet that Zelda feels real bad. Yeah, yeah, I bet she's like, oh, that was a mistake. Oops. Whoopsie de poopsie. Made a little fucky wucky. Uh, yeah, so. Ganon breaks out and he's like, he's not completely broken out. He takes up so much metaphysical space that he needs to open the rift between the Golden Land and the World of Light a certain amount before he can come out and really fight. And the people of Hyrule are like, oh, this seems bad. And they unite together and all the knights of Hyrule fight against Ganon's horde of demons, which have been recreated from the hearts of evil people who were drawn to Ganon and have become his new horde. And at this time, the Soul of Demise has been completely destroyed, and the Master Sword is once more free to be drawn, and a hero is found to wield it. And with the Master Sword and its Triforce nullifying powers, Ganon is fought, and Ganon is defeated. But the effects of his wish are already felt, and he cannot be killed by the Master Sword. Not anymore. He is defeated, however... And he is left in the Golden Land, and the six sages of that time slam shut the door behind him, calling on the power of the old gods to seal off the Golden Land forever. And that's the end of the Imprisoning War. That doesn't last for very long. I mean, it kind of does. It lasts for some centuries, I think is what uh, Crystal's diagram says. Yeah, I would say most games have vaguely some centuries between them. Like some three to seven hundred years ish. Okay. Give or take. You know, it's a it's it's pretty good. But the seal of the old gods is supposed to be perfect, immaculate, completely unbreakable. The only problem is that the Triforce is still working, and as powerful as the old gods are, the Triforce as fueled by Ganon's hunger and Demise's hatred is more powerful still, and that barrier begins to erode. So here's where Link to the Past takes place. Some centuries later. Um, Ganon has chipped away at the seal sufficiently enough to stick some 
guy through. Yeah, some guy who's him, but just smaller. Him? He squeezes himself in real tight. Well, maybe that's all that could come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Ghanim isn't really a... It sounds kind of like Ganon. Yeah, a little bit. Um, He makes his way into the uh, royal court and becomes a trusted advisor to the king, probably because he fixes issues that he caused to begin with. And um, basically takes over the castle. It's like one day everything's fine. The next day he's like, I'm a really powerful wizard and I now control everyone's minds. Let's do some shit. Also, the king's dead, I guess. The king's dead. Fuck you. Um, the six maidens who are the descendants of the six sages are I- imprisoned. Oh, taken sacrificed. Into the- sacrificed, sure. Sacrificed in a ritual that sends them into the dark world so that their blood will hasten the breaking of the barrier. And the same is to happen to Zelda. Zelda calls out to people who have the bloodline of the knights that helped with the imprisoning war, um, which include Link and Link's uncle. Link's uncle gets beat up by rats. He just eats shit and dies. But then before he dies, he's like, Link, you, you've got to take care of this. <laughs> and Link's like, well, I guess I got to take care of this. Link murders a lot of people, <laughs> um, rescues Zelda, goes on the quest to get the Master Sword. This Master Sword is the... Uh, the original? How do I put this? This is the first appearance of the Master Sword in terms of release. The Master Sword is first depicted in A Link to the Past back in, what was it, 92? Mm-hmm. But I mean, in terms of the Master Sword appearing here in this timeline. What do you mean? It's shown up multiple times. Okay. It was used to defeat Ganon. Sorry. In the Imprisoning War. I got twisted around. Okay. I guess the Master Sword... Um, Ganon, this is always very <laughs> timely. Um, kidnap Zelda. Kidnap Zelda, and she is also plucked away into the Dark World. Link is taken there after he beats a Ganon, who is just Ganon. Yeah. That's a bad mistake, though, because now he can go through and free the maidens and get some magical arrows. From the Queen of the Fairies. Yes. Because the Master Sword will suffice... To break the Triforce's defensive magic on Ganon, but Link's going to need something else to actually kill the demon, and high fairy magic will suffice to shatter the protections of Demise's curse. And after defeating Ganon and rescuing Zelda, Link gains the Triforce. Triforce is like, yeah, Ganon's totally dead now. He's gone. It's gone. For, you completely obliterated him. Good job. Good job. Make a wish. This Link has maybe the second best wish in the series. Everything good now. Everything good now. Dead people alive again. Dead people alive again. Um, and um, everything goes back to relative normal. The, the, the dark world disappears. The silent realm ceases to exist. Okay, yes. All the monsters become people again. Or else if they're too evil to be people, they just die. And the, the royal family has the Triforce. Yes. Once more. They go, oh, right, this thing. Link does also do one more thing. Uh-huh. Within the pyramid, the pyramid of power that Ganon resides in, which is, of course, built in the image of the pyramid where he found the demon tridents. Uh, there's also the, the dungeon of the four sword. 
Oh, yes. Within which Link gathers the shattered fragments of the Four Sword and reforges it. Oh, is is that what happens? That's what happens in the Four Sword bonus dungeon in uh, Link the Pass for GBA. Oh, that fits together so much better than it should. Yeah. Shit. I feel good about this. Nice. Nice. Good going, Crystal. <laughs> so, Ganon's dead at this point, right? Mostly dead. Crystal he is identified as completely obliterated by the Triforce itself. Yeah. Like, he exploded a bunch. And when the Triforce says you're dead, you're pretty fucking dead. And the Master Sword goes to sleep forever? I, that's, you know, sure. I mean, it intended to at the time. And it's mostly asleep through this rest of the timeline. Actually, yeah. This branch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. The Master Sword does sleep forever. Until everything comes together in this timeline. It is asleep until the ever of this timeline no longer makes sense. Cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Worried. Yeah. Ooh. Are you okay with signing off on that, Crystal? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah no, the Zelda One Sword is different. Okay, so what happens next, Crystal? Uh, next are the events of the Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. I don't think we need to go into the details of what Varen and Onox did to Lebrun and Holodrum, but basically it was all a plot by Twinrova, the mothers of Ganondorf, to revive the Demon King by lighting the flame of sorrow and the flame of destruction by causing sorrow and destruction. Yeah. Twinrova never being killed in this timeline. Uh, who's Twinrova? <laughs> we'll find out. So Twinrova also ends up kidnapping Zelda because you need to sacrifice the one with the blood of the goddess to revive Ganon. But Link interrupts the, the ritual so that when Ganon is revived, he is no longer uh, intelligent. He, he is like unto a beast. So this is basically Ganon, in this case, no longer has the hunger of Ganondorf, nor the shielding of the Triforce. It's almost like an incarnation of Demise's hatred in truth. It's also worth noting, this is a totally different Link. <sighs> yes. It is worth noting that this is a totally different Link, because Link and Zelda introduce themselves to each other for the first time in these games. Yes, this is this is some time after the events of A Link to the Past. Three to seven centuries? Yeah, it's some... some three to seven centuries. <laughs> three to seven centuries. So Link kills Ganon, uh, possibly in a self-contained split timeline, if you want to be like Monica. Oh, yeah. Everything good again. I, I really like the idea that there was a mini blip of the timeline and it branched into two. Yeah, I know. And you so do. the Oracle of Ages happens before Oracle of Seasons. No. And Oracle of Seasons happens before Oracle of Ages. No. But it's all effectively the same, so it, it just kinda comes back together again. No. I'm not doing this. God. It's and, fun. And at the end of it, after Ganon's dead and Link has rescued the Oracle of Ages and the Oracle of Seasons and Zelda's good and Empa's not possessed, everybody's together like, ha, everything good now. And Zelda's like, hey, Link, do you want to come back to Hyrule? I've got like transportation. And Link is like, nah, girl, I'm going to build a boat. And Zelda's like, I'm sure that'll turn out fine. Off, See you in Hyrule. <laughs> off Link sails. It's worth pausing at this moment and going... And remarking on how strange the encyclopedia is, because it places Link's awakening 
before the Oracle games, right? Does it? It does something weird. Yeah, I think it does. That is a little bit odd. Because um, Link sails off on a boat in Oracle, in the Oracle games. It's plainly the same boat. It's the same boat. And he is on that boat at the start of Link's Awakening, so why would you reverse that? There's also a giant storm cloud in the background. <laughs> um, it's also worth remarking that... Which one was it? Um, the the Triforce at the end of the Oracle games floats around, and then the scene transitions to three birds. And it turned into birds. One of those two documents posits that the Triforce splits for no reason, I guess turning into birds? Yeah. That's the only way they could make Link Between, uh, Link worlds, Between worlds make happen. sense. Yeah. By their, their timings. Right. Which, you know, I respect that. I respect them being willing to bend that fucking far. The Triforce turns into birds? And just goes off to Ganon's ghost, I guess? Fuck it. That's not us. We're not doing that, and we don't care. Right. Link gets on his boat, and he sails to Hyrule. Yep. But he doesn't fucking make it. No. Crystal, why doesn't he make it? Oh, he ends up uh, hitting a storm. And he wakes up on the island of Koholint. It is an island that is haunted by mysterious nightmares. It's kind of a, a, a dreamlike world. Yes, with Kirby. Because it is, of course, actually the dream of the wind fish. <laughs> the wind fish being a god, possibly one of the spirits of good. And the Windfish's dream is the whole of the island of Koholint. And the nightmares that Link faces are the Windfish's nightmares. That are keeping it asleep. They do not wish for the god to wake. Lest the world that they cling to so fiercely should disappear. And Link is like, man, I gotta go home. And you're asleep. And these are your dreams. And fuck this. Okay, let's go. And Link, he gathers up the instruments of the sirens because the logic behind the Windfish's dream is actually really strange if you stop and stare at it for too long. And it's like, okay, Windfish, I'm going to play you this ballad. And Marin's there. And Marin looks just like Zelda from the Oracle games. And also, it's like, hey, Marin, what's up? And Marin's like, listen, you know theoretically that I'm a dream, but I'm having a lot more characterization than anyone else. And also, I'm developing in a way that no other character in the series up to this point has been developed. And Link's like, that's weird. We should go on a date. And Marin's like, let's do it. You two post in the Link's Awakening episode that Marin is sort of the meeting of Link's dream with the Windfish's dream. Oh, that's an interesting idea. What do you make of that, Crystal? Yeah, I think I think it's likely that Marin is based off Link's memories of Zelda. Yeah. Uh, but And she is definitely different from the other dreams because she does become more and more of a person, more and more aware of the logic of the world around her as the story develops. I only really became aware of it this time through playing Link's Awakening for the Switch, which is very, very cute. But um, she, in the late game, goes to the egg by herself and s- tries to sing the ballad of the Windfish to wake it up the Windfish on her own. I mentioned that. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. It I, is pretty cool. I don't. I didn't really pay any attention to it my first time through. A dream who wishes to wake the dreamer. Yeah. It's a good thing that this isn't a Final Fantasy Tactics Advance game, or else people would be a lot sillier about it. <sighs> but oh no, what about my white hair? Wh- what? One of the characters in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance is insecure about her white hair. Oh, okay. And that's why they want to stay in. 
the world they created. Damn, Edelgard, chill out. <laughs> or damn, Lysithia, chill out. Um, anyway, uh, Link fights the nightmares. Kills them. Kills them. And they're the, like, the, ah, our world. The nightmares were a sticking point, the forms of the nightmares. Oh, yes. This is one of the reasons that um, it's generally assumed that this Link is the same one from A Link to the Past. Because two of the forms that the nightmares take on are Aganhim and Ganon. However, another form that Link fights it looks like Vati. It does. The final form, in fact. It looks Deathful. like the, the, yes, Deathel or Death Eye, even, mm. looks like the final form of Vati and all of Vati's appearances. Now, obviously, it wasn't designed that way back when Link's Awakening was made. And it's very possible that Vati wasn't actually designed to look like Death Eye in the first place. But he does. So we're allowed to make that connection. Fuck it. I think Vati was created with that purpose. You think? Yeah. I think you're giving them way too much credit. No, they were like, it, this gameplay was fun. Let's do this. Oh, okay. So you're saying he's, he's supposed to evoke Death Eye. Yes. And so these are the Windfish's nightmares. The Windfish is afraid of the Wind Mage. That makes sense. Crystal, what happens when Link plays the Ballad of the Windfish for the final time? The Windfish awakens and the island disappears, except for Marin, who flies away next to the Windfish as a seagull. This is a lot more ambiguous in... Link's Awakening for the Switch. This is like the only real lore difference between the Switch version and the GB version, right? Or the GBC. Yeah, aside from the Dompe stuff, which isn't very interesting. Um, you just see a cut out or a cut in of Marin's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she sort of smiles, but that could just be a vision or a memory. It's like one of those things where the dead person looks down at you and gives the thumbs up. <laughs> But in the Game Boy original, it's like a little tiny Marin flying away with wings out of her back. I was waiting for that. I played the hero mode and didn't die a single time. She was hoping for that secret ending. She wanted to see winged Marin in this style. It just didn't happen. It didn't happen. Way more ambiguous. Crystal, which one of those is canon? The one where she becomes a seagull. <laughs> okay. One might say she was always a seagull and just wandered into the dream. <laughs> oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, actually. A very nice seagull. So, uh, does Link does Link ever make it back to Hyrule? Because, I mean, like, he's got, like, a barrel of fresh water, but he seems to be in a bit of a tough strait. I'm sure he's fine. We decided that the windfish would end up, like, swooping by and helping him out, right? The windfish flies away, but Link is okay with it. He's like, ah, see you later. I'm sure he makes it. Maybe Hyrule was right over there. I don't well, know. regardless of whether he makes it back home or he <laughs> dies in the ocean, there is no more recorded history of this particular link. Very true. He doesn't need to make it back. That mm, true. Mm. And uh, time passes in Hyrule. So we we've got a situation where Ganon's super dead. The royal family has the Triforce. Uh, it's not really a time where anything bad has to happen. Yeah. And generations pass and pass and pass, and because people are mortal, they forget many things, and eventually they forget about the bloodline of the goddess that is passed down matrilineally, and they make a big boo-boo. Big boo-boo. Which is um, changing the inheritance of power. or the transference. Sons. Yeah, the transference of um, the throne. 
maybe the succession. It's, maybe it's the rules of succession changed to being just the firstborn yeah. instead of the firstborn daughter. Right. Either way, big error. Yeah, big error. And so it's this is a golden age for Hyrule. The royal family rules justly. And with the power of the Triforce, they are able to rule well, to provide for their people, and they have the perspective necessary to be just and to be kind. And it's like a fairy tale version of a monarchy where monarchy is good, actually, as long as they're backed by the perspective of gods. Sure. Sure. But it's, 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 this is what is called the Golden Age. The king at the time, who is very wise and so on, um, has two children. The son is the elder and um, the successor to his throne, but the son is a shit. He's just a little shit bird. And so the king's like... <laughs> yeah, you like that? You like that? <laughs> this kid can't have the Triforce. No, fuck this. But the and I king- can't give it to Zelda. <laughs> I can't no. give it to Zelda. She's a girl. She's a girl and second born and especially a girl. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, if the sun touched it, it might have split. Uh, uh, it could very well have split. Or he could have just been a bad person. It could have been a bad person, too. Force. Right. No, I, I just love this idea that the king has, like, this balance in his head, and with all the infinite wisdom given to him by the Triforce, he's like, on the one hand, my son would surely bring ruin to the nation. On the other hand, Zelda is a girl. Whoopsie, there's no, whoopsie. There's no solution to this problem. <laughs> so... The king um, hides the Triforce of Courage. He tells Zelda. Yeah, he's like, Zelda, listen, um, your brother's a shit, but I have to trust this secret with someone, so I'm leaving it with you. You are worthy to know this secret. Um, I'm, I'm putting it in this large palace over there, and it's going to be sealed up with these six crystals or whatnot. But listen, the other thing is, you know, come to think of it, this actually could have been a way for the king to get around the rules of succession. Could be. Like, if this quest was meant for Zelda. Yeah. That's a thought. She could have rallied up the Triforce of Courage. And been, through the power of the Triforce, the one true monarch. Sure. Because the king has had a vision. Well, no. We've probably given him too much credit. Too much credit. Listen, Daphnis. Listen, Rome. The king has had a vision that a young man in the future. Fuck. Specifically a young. No, he, he placed a spell so that a worthy young man in the future, when he came of age, yeah. which I think it was 16. And was brought up in the appropriate fashion <laughs> with the right morals. A, a Triforce would show up on his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the spell that he places on the land with the power of the entire Triforce. Anyway. Um, and then he dies. Bam. He kicks it. And the prince uh, succeeds and inherits the throne and the, the Triforce of Courage. No. Uh, sorry, a Triforce of Wisdom and Power. And he's like, wait a second, there's a third one. I'm sure that I was supposed to have three triangles. Where was the third triangle? <laughs> and um, Zelda... Zelda just does that thing where she pretends to zip her mouth <laughs> shut. <laughs> and the the there's an advisor to the royal throne... Well, to the prince once he the becomes prince. king. But we'll just call him the prince. Sure. Um, and he is a magician. Which, you know, Red magicians. <laughs> and he's like, oh, your your sister knows something. Let's get that out of her. And the prince interrogates her. And she's like, uh, she does a zipping motion again. And so the the magician casts a giant spell on her. 
and she falls into an eternal sleep. And the magician fucking dies casting this spell. This is something I guess we we place more importance on in in our written uh, version of the timeline. Yes. Just that by doing so, the magician has sealed up bloodline of Hylia. Yeah. Passed matrilineally. Um, this is, may have been an emissary of Ganon. Crystal, is this magician Ganon? Yes, this is absolutely Ganon doing the Aganum thing again. Cool, okay, yeah. so he basically like spins one, like he comes back by the power of his wish, and he spins at least one bit of his immortality going like, you know what, I'm going to fuck things up so I can come back again and really ruin things. But also, it is out of a, a desire to get answers of uh, the Triforce, too. So Yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah, probably two birds, one stone. Yeah. But even if he didn't do it, uh, he still has ruined the kingdom. Yes. The Triforce is no longer in the hands of the royal family. The bloodline of Hylia has been sealed off in eternal slumber. The kingdom is crippled. The the prince builds the North Palace to act as a mausoleum for his sleeping sister and seals it with the power of the Triforces of Power and Wisdom so that only those worthy may enter it. Also, it turns out that the king actually wrote a diary about this shit and gave it to Impa. <laughs> sure. And um, uh, he, the prince is like, yeah, every girl needs to be named Zelda now. And the people are like, the past... Fifteen have been named Zelda, your highness. And he's like, yeah, now all of them. All of them forever. He's a very ineffective prince. Uh, he's just, the, he's, if, he might be the, no, he's the worst king in the series. Sure. Well, he was like whipping peasants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the art of him just like beating peasants with a whip. And his sister's like jumping in front of them, trying to ward off the blows. And he's like, Meah! and the big wizard is just floating behind him. Ganon tends to return. When there is no queen of Hyrule. Because yes. the kingdom is at its strongest when the matrilineal power of Zelda's bloodline rules the kingdom. Yes. And it's at its weakest when there is a king. Boy. Don't be a king in Hyrule. Find find some girl who can take the fucking throne and like act as regent in her place if you have to, but acknowledge her. You've got to acknowledge <laughs> her. Or else some shadowy motherfucker is going to come out and do bad magic. So the the kingdom crumbles. It seems like most of the population may have died out or fled. I, it, it just shrinks over the course of generations, three to seven hundred years. <laughs> I think it might be longer than that. It becomes almost completely localized to what will later be called the Little Kingdom. Oh, yeah. the The kingdom probably loses parts of its territory, or succeed, yeah, you know, other parts break off. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, in this little kingdom, um, the Triforce of Wisdom and Power are still there. And just to reemphasize, the events about to be described take place centuries later. Uh, Ganon, Prince of Gan Darkness Ganon, invades. and what? Where did he come from? Where did he come from? Well, I mean, in the Oracle games, there was a ritual for him. And we posited that the wizard is Ganon showing up in the Golden Age and then dying. It seems like the wish that Ganon made on the Triforce is the primary cause of Ganon's return. And it is why Ganon is only revived in this timeline. This is the only one where he comes back from death spontaneously. And usually as Ganon. Usually as Ganon, yes. 
Um, he seizes the Triforce of Power, but before he is able to seize the Triforce of Wisdom, um, Zelda, one of the uh, Zeldas of the prince's... She, the current Zelda, who is the effective queen of Hyrule, mm-hmm. breaks up the Triforce of Wisdom and hides it in, is it eight? Eight. Eight dungeons? What are they called? They're game? called dungeons. Okay. Scattered throughout the Little Kingdom, which I believe, Crystal, we have theorized this entire region exists almost completely for the sake of protecting the Triforce of Wisdom. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of, like, society here. It's almost like the whole kingdom has shrunk down to just being this one family that's trying really hard to make sure that the devil doesn't control the Triforce. And Hyrule basically doesn't have a government. No, not at this point. Oh, I had a fun theory about that. Oh, okay, what's your theory? No, I can get into it later. This is not part of the accursed timeline. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. One can keep making theories. So Zelda is like, okay, I'm going to hide the Triforce of Wisdom. Impa, go find somebody. Okay, bye, as she gets snatched by Ganon. Um, Impa does find somebody. A kid. He is a kid. He's canonically, what was it, 14, 15? Somewhere in there. Because Adventure of Link gives his his concrete age. 16 or 17, yeah. Right. Anyway, this 14 or 15-year-old who's walking around without a sword. But kicks the shit out of the monsters chasing Impa. Yeah. And she's like, hey, kid, uh, save Zelda, get the Triforce. Not necessarily in that order. And Link's like, okay. Yeah, I'll do it. In the manual, it was described that, wasn't he like, his heart was burning with the injustice or something? Yeah, something like the situation. that. Anyway. He's a very shonen protagonist. Yes. Yeah, he he does this. He defeats the Guardians holding the, the Triforce. Because the Guardians are empowered. They're monsters empowered by the pieces of the Triforce to protect it from Ganon's minions. Mm-hmm. So most of the enemies that you fight in the dungeons are Ganon's minions. But the bosses are monsters who protect the Triforce from invaders, including those minions. Yep. And um, he goes and he gets the... Silver arrows. Which are inside Spectacle Rock. Yes. And he... This is after he assembles the Triforce. Yes. Okay. So he goes around. He collects all the pieces to assemble the Triforce. He goes to Spectacle Rock where Ganon is keeping Zelda. He plunges into the depths of it and finds the silver arrows, which are the weapon that was used to kill Ganon originally. Crystal, why does Ganon still have these? Well, they were in his corpse. <laughs> so he just wakes up and goes, hey. Yeah, when he's resurrected, he's like, pulls out the arrows out of him, like, ow. I feel like it's just, Ganon can't destroy these things. So the the best thing he can do is to hide them in his lair. And we see the similar behavior with Ganondorf and the light arrows in Wind Waker. Oh. If he could do this to the Master Sword, I'm sure he would as well. That makes sense. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Like, if the Master Sword was hidden deep inside of Ganon's lair in some future Zelda game. I think probably Hyrule has forgotten where the Master Sword is. Oh yeah, absolutely. As of the time of Legend of Zelda, the Master Sword is somewhere that no one knows. It's in the Lost Woods. Um, Instead, and- Link uses the Magical Sword, which is the, the Four Sword. <laughs> 
Yes, the Reforged Four Sword from the Four Swords special dungeon in Link to the Past Advanced. Woo! Link beats up Ganon and uh, saves Zelda. They have the Triforces of Wisdom and Power. And Zelda's like, thanks, I'm going back to Ruin You are the hero of Hyrule. Yeah. But, wait, no, no, that that was the Metroid ending. Oh, yeah. Is this peace in the galaxy, etc.? No, you're thinking of the Metroid ending, definitely, yeah. Oops. Pray for true peace in space. Yes. Um, Good job, Link. Good, Good job, Link. You beat up Ganon. And now we have a clear indication of the of the passage of time between two games. This is so weird that we know what time window there was. Two years. Two years after Ganon fell. Um, his troops attack again because they want to kill Link and using his blood revive Ganon. I guess that works. Sure. I love that Ganon's minions aren't actually the point of this game. Link's right. like, eh. Similar to the, the the Legend of Zelda, Ganon's minions are on the overworld, but they're not really in the dungeons. The dungeons, the palaces in Adventure of Link, are uh, devised by the king of yore. So it's, again, traps set by the royal family. Anyway, um... Link hitting the age of 16 or 17 and being a young man raised in the right way with the right morals uh, finds a funny symbol on his hand. It is the the crest of the kingdom, but I guess nobody really knows what's up. He's like, huh, it looks kind of like a Triforce with the middle taken out of it. <laughs> I like how you wrote that. Yeah. And he goes to Impa, and Impa's like, huh. Um, and she takes him to a palace. The Northern Palace. Yep. And there's a door, the door that does not open, which opens. Um, and inside is a sleeping princess Zelda. The sleeping princess, Zelda the first. And she tells him of the legend of Zelda. She being Impa. Yes. Who, um, you know, was put to sleep by an evil magician and her her jerk brother. We just went over this. Yeah. And she's like, well, you must um, go and get the third Triforce, the Triforce of Courage, which is being held in the Great Palace. And take these crystals and this letter from the ancient king, which you can read. Get going. And Link uh, travels around, um, places those crystals in the six palaces fight some very unfun fights. Yeah. Not sorry to say that. Um, gets to the Great Palace, has to fight a shadow version of himself. After the Thunderbird. After the Thunderbird. Proves his worthiness and uh, obtains the Triforce of Courage. And with all three Triforce pieces... When did he get wisdom and power? I guess he was holding on to them. All right. Or maybe he just takes them after, you know, he gets the Triforce of Courage. Fair enough. He goes and he wakes up the sleeping Princess Zelda and breaks the curse using the Triforce. And then they kiss. And the curtains come down? Yeah. Uh, the dilemma of the two Zeldas. Crystal, <laughs> would you mind extrapolating on the dilemma of the two Zeldas? So, there is the Zelda of Zelda 1 who who stowed away the Triforce of Wisdom. And now there's also Zelda 
first of her name, who Link has just woken up. So who is the ruler of the kingdom? And how do we see this playing out, Crystal? Well, because Link has fulfilled the quest given to him by the ancient king and woken up the ancient princess and claimed the full Triforce, he is now as entitled as anyone has ever been to be the king, especially since he's apparently romancing the ancient princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we figured that Zelda, who hid the Triforce of Wisdom in the Little Kingdom, just abdicates the throne. Helpfully, the Zelda the First is carrying the bloodline of the goddess. I don't even know if they really know that. They probably don't. They probably don't. But that means that the royal family once more is passing down the Triforce and the blood of Hylia. Because, and you skipped this bit, we're assuming that Link becomes the king and Zelda, first of her name, becomes his queen. Sure. And thereafter, it becomes a matrilineal thing again. Because they've got the Triforce now. It's like, oh, we did what? Oh, my God. If only we had this perspective to know that we should just give the throne to our daughters. With the power of Zaylink, the kingdom enters <laughs> the greatest golden age it has ever yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Genuinely, really. Not the longest period of peace, but the greatest golden age. And I think that's actually kind of the end of the demise timeline. That's the longest one. It's, it's the longest one. It's longer than the other two combined. Yeah. It's chunky. So let's let's rewind the camera back. Back to Link and Zelda going through the gate of time. But this time the camera follows them. This time the camera follows them. Uh, Link and Zelda continuing Zaylink <laughs> making the kingdom that's most powerful. Zelda and Link decide they're going to move to the surface. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a good beginning because they've got the Triforce and the demons are all dead because they killed Demise with the Triforce by shooting it with a big mountain bullet. And people will come down eventually. Yeah, some of them are already down. Mm-hmm. But Zelda still has the perspective, the memories, and the knowledge of the goddess Hylia in this timeline as much as the other one. She's just in much happier circumstances. So she can still look to the future and be like, Oh, oh no. Okay, look, we've got to take all the measures that we can. So Zelda starts the real shit. And she's like, I guess she might even be able to see into the other timeline. Like she looks back, listens to the earlier part of this podcast and goes, Ooh, they left Ganon in where? No, no, we're not doing that one. I'm going to protect against that shit. So Zelda, and, that is Hylia, and the six sages work together to build a fuck of a security system around the protection of the Triforce. I think that this is the most layers of security that exist in the entire franchise. Yeah. So what Zelda does is she takes the whole Triforce, puts it inside of the Silent Realm, which is anchored inside of the chamber where the Master Sword rests. This is this part's similar to... Her other self. But then she and the six sages work together to transform the Temple of Hylia into the Temple of Time, which is built around the Master Sword. And the chamber in which the Master Sword sits is sealed behind the Door of Time, which can only be opened through the application of five keys, the 
spiritual stone of fire, the spiritual stone of water, the spiritual stone of forest, which have to be offered up together at the same time that a magical song is played on a very particular magical ocarina. Yeah. Otherwise, you have you can't get in. And once you use those five keys and open the door of time, you still have to be able to draw the master's sword. Yes. That's a very good security system. Zelda walks out. She's dusting her hands and she's like, this is going to get fucked up, but I literally have done my best. <laughs> um, time passes. Well, they found the kingdom of Hyrule. Yes. Which is named for Hylia. And so, too, do the humans who serve Hylia become known as the Hylians. And the three spiritual stones are passed out to some of the peoples of Hyrule. The spiritual stone of fire entrusted to the Gorons on Death Mountain. The spiritual stone of water entrusted to the Zora of Zora's domain. And the spiritual stone of the forest entrusted to the great Deku tree who guards the entrance to the Lost Woods. And really, that's another security measure because you have to gain the confidence of those groups. Yeah. It's essentially saying, like, nobody's getting in here. Even for Zelda, it would be a hassle just to do all this. Yeah, like a considerable hassle. So the time passes. Zelda dies because she's a mortal person. And a great war occurs across Hyrule. People are like, hey, we heard about that golden power. And we don't know what that is, but we want it. And there is a Hylian king who... Puts an end to the war. Basically unites the entire land under the banner of the kingdom of Hyrule. Would you say that he establishes, what's it called, suzerainty? Maybe. I'm not very familiar with the whole Hmm. concept. He's on good terms with most of the leadership of the other uh, kingdoms. After ending the war, he's blood brothers with the big brother of the Gorons. He's close personal friends with the Zoro royal family. During the war, the Great Deku Tree sealed off the Kokiri Forest, and nobody can fucking go in there. Except for one person. Yeah. So, the king has a daughter. She's really good at the that prophecy thing. Yeah. Um, a, a Hylian woman uh, fleeing from the war runs into the woods with her baby and dies. Uh, entrusting the baby's child life to the great Deku tree. And the Deku tree is like, okay, this is going to be important later. The forest spirits probably turn from Koroks into people forms. Oh, I... You didn't mention this, but... No, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily even agree with it. No. You don't think that they were Koroks originally and then said, like, we're going to, like, be people for a while? I guess it could have been like that. Crystal, what do you think? Do the Kokori grow up? Is that what you're asking me? No, no, no. She's asking if the natural state of the children of the forest is the Koroks. But then they just turn into Kokiri forms. Like, they see this lady running around with a squishy baby and they're like, oh, my God, let's be that for a while. Oh, yes. No, absolutely. God damn it. Yay! Oh, it's canon. You know, you know the scene in Steven Universe where Amethyst is like, why are you a baby, Steven? Is it really fun or something? Then she turns into a baby and gets held by Garn and it's like, yeah, this rules. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. I guess it's canon now since both of you have agreed on Lou. it. Lou. Uh, Amethyst does know what's up. <laughs> and then um, in the desert, some some guy named Gandorf. King of the Gerudo. Um, 
comes to power. And he learns about the truth of the golden power. Ocarina of Time. And this version of Ganondorf, again, exists in a timeline where Demise's curse never takes place. So everything that he does from here on out, he did by his own hands. And this is the, the, the actual origin of Gandorf in this timeline. Also the He origin, doesn't reincarnate. Also the origin of Ganondorf in terms of his depictions in the series. Yes. Well, that part people know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Ocarina of Time came out long before some of our listeners were born. Wow. Yeah. That's true. So, Ocarina of Time happens. Crystal, you tell us how Ocarina of Time goes down. Ganondorf travels to the Kiri Forest and places a curse on the Deku Tree when the Deku Tree refuses to give him the spiritual stone of the forest. Dick move. So Ganondorf leaves and he goes on to place more curses on the Goron people and the Zor people to coerce them into giving the spiritual stones, or at least to take them off the corpses of the gods that he is cursing. But Link, the boy without a fairy, gets summoned by the Deku Tree and is like, listen, you have a magical destiny. I'm giving you this fairy. Please kill the big spider in my guts so I can die. Yep. (laughs) So he does so, and then he goes to seek out the princess of Hyrule, Zelda. And Zelda tells him that she doesn't trust Ganon. Gan's Gan's real shifty. He's up to something. He's trying to get the Triforce. So what we should do is open the door to the Triforce so he can't get it. Because Uh, we'll get it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get it. Us, the kids. <laughs> the kids go on an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as Link gets the stones and comes back, Ganon has already attacked the castle. And Zelda and her attendant Impa flee, and Zelda throws Link the Ocarina of Time. With the stones and the Ocarina, Link is able to open the door to the Master Sword. And of course, because he is, dest- he is the child of destiny, he is able to lift the Master Sword, opening the way to the sacred realm except ganon's right behind him and sneaks in and takes the triforce suckers and becomes the corrupts the sacred realm into the dark world and becomes the king of hyrule he outwits those 10 year olds it's it's one of the things you have to do link awakens seven years later he is an adult now because he needed to grow up to be able to be the hero of time and he is instructed by Rauru, the ancient sage. Fucking Rauru. He didn't do anything yet. Yeah. Sure didn't. He pierced Ganondorf has killed the ancient sages, so Link needs to go awaken their successors. Who are all people that have uh, died in service of protecting their people, such as the Runia of the Gorons and Rudo of the Zora. And by awakening the sages and with the power of the Master Sword... And also traveling back and forth through time several times. Link gets all the sages and goes to attack Ganon. Seal him up good for good this time. And right before that, Sheik, the mysterious Sheikah who's been helping Link out all this time. Sheik the Sheikah. Sheik the Sheikah reveals that she is actually Princess Zelda. And that when Ganon touched the Triforce, his evil heart, his heart was not in balance and the Triforce split apart. So that he got the Triforce of Power, the Triforce of Wisdom went to Zelda, and the Triforce of Courage went to Link. So all the Triforce holders end up meeting up in the castle, and Link kills Ganon good, 
But then Ganondorf uses the Triforce's power to become the Demon King Ganon, his big pig man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now Link has to kill him again with Zelda's help. And then he gets stabbed in the head, and the sages call upon the old gods to seal Ganondorf within the sacred realm. Man, that's the good shit. I love that. I love that the old gods are so far removed that there was a period of time where this podcast wasn't sure if they even existed. But when we think about it in a certain way, it seems pretty clear that there's at least a few times where they personally will answer the sage's phone call and come down and put a seal on somebody. So Ganondorf is sealed up. Everything's day saved. But Zelda feels bad about messing everything up. And she particularly feels bad about depriving Link of his childhood. I it's Of all the things that went wrong, it kind of boggles me a little bit that that's the thing that jumps out at her the most. So using the power of the Ocarina of Time and her Triforce of Wisdom, Link sends, Zelda sends Link back in time so that he can have a childhood. And this splits the timeline. The adult timeline where Link and Zelda defeated Ganondorf continues onward, but now Link is no longer in it. And another timeline goes on from where Link arrives in the past to live out his childhood. Huh. So I like that this is the spot where the second timeline split occurs. Because it's like, we've known for decades at this point that the timeline had to have split here. But I like this as the spot of the second timeline split rather than all three. Yeah. So, Crystal, um, would we say that this Zelda had a pretty big foul up in terms of her plan? And can that be mitigated by the fact that she's like 10? Yeah. I mean, Four Swords of Adventure Zelda, I think, messed up worse. Yeah. Really? She was like 10, but also her plan is pretty dumb. <laughs> But playing through Ocarina of Time as a kid, a lot of this makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. I played it when I was 10, and I was like, this is all completely cogent. <laughs> we will get the Triforce before get. Oh, no! What? What? I, I could not have seen that coming. Yeah. Impossible. And so she makes up she, for it. Yeah, she makes up for it. So we're now left with two timelines to go over. The adult timeline which is the future where Link and Zelda defeated Ganon, but Link's no longer there. And the child timeline, where Link goes back actually slightly further than you would think. Which do we want to talk about first? Let's keep the camera on Zelda playing the ocarina. Oh, it's so sad. And Link disappears. Really? And <laughs> She's also a contestant for the saddest Zelda. Oh, yeah. And, uh... And Zelda is, is left holding the ocarina and the camera, and a single tear rose, <laughs> rolls down her cheek. God damn it. <laughs> um, the, the Triforce of Courage has stayed behind. It has to. I guess the Triforce doesn't travel. Yeah, doesn't seem to. Rather, yes. the instance is all over the place anyway. So this suggests that if Link had tried to take the Triforce back in time to kill Demise with it, that he would have been stopped from going through by an invisible barrier that would knock him on his back. Or if the Triforce would just stay behind while he proceeded. Like he'd be holding it and then step through and it would be gone. He'd be like, God, ah. Oops. Um, this Zelda doesn't tell anyone what she did, which was send away the hero. Yes. 
she has the Triforce of Courage now. So what she does is she figures, I got this prophecy thing. Ganon's sealed for now, but shit's going to get bad later. Mm, might want to hide the Triforce of Courage. So that's what she does. She hides the Triforce of Courage all over Hyrule in a way that will be easy to find for somebody who's sailing an ocean that covers Hyrule. I don't know why she's planning this far ahead. So things are peaceful for a long time. Ganon's dead and everybody likes it. And some time passes. It's not clear exactly how much, but it's not very much. Less than 300 years. <laughs> yes, less than 300 years. And at some point during all of this, there is, on another timeline, a wish. And when Ganon wishes on the Triforce to possess everything, there is a resonance that echoes out across time, resonating through Ganon's alternate selves. The Ganon who is trapped within the sacred realm is one of the points of resonance. And that wish echoes out from him. And the seal of the old gods begins to break. And with the weakened seal, Ganon is able to use the Triforce of Power to break out completely and attack Hyrule once again. And there's nobody to stop him. The people worship essentially, the hero of time, venerating him because he's a time-traveling hero who shows up to stop evil. And they're like, oh, maybe the hero of time will show up. The hero of time does not show up. So Ganon runs roughshod over the entire land. And uh, it turns out that, once again, Ganon has freed himself during a period in which Hyrule does not have a queen. Wow. Hyrule is currently ruled over by one Daphnis Nohansen Hyrule. And old Daphnis, he's like, wow, uh, I can't stop this. And he goes and he talks to the gods of rain and wind. And he's like, what What can we do? And they come to a brilliant solution, which is to flood Hyrule completely. So that's what they do. The king orders the last peoples of Hyrule up onto the highest mountaintops and then calls down the gods and just floods Hyrule. And he and Ganon are both buried beneath the waves. And Ganon unwilling to relinquish the land or the power that it is supposed to represent, is trapped beneath the waves, and his power is sealed by the Master Sword. Now, it's possible that this seal placed with the Master Sword actually harkens back to when Zelda originally sealed him. Yeah, he operates so much without um, his powers that are locked away behind the Master Sword in the first place in Wind Waker. Yeah. All of the front half of Wind Waker is just his own. But what I'm saying is that the Master Sword thing mm -hmm. may be the ending of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So Hyrule's flooded. Everybody flees to the mountaintops. Hyrule becomes the Great Sea. And it doesn't take very long, somewhere between three and 700 years, <laughs> before Hyrule, as it was, is almost completely forgotten. And However, the, the king who flooded Hyrule is going around trying to find the Hero of Time. Wait, we, we, we're not there yet. Oh, okay. We're just not there yet. Okay. You are I, think, I think he did this before he ran into Wind Waker Link. Okay. <laughs> then you need to contextualize it a little bit more because that motherfucker died when the flood came down. So just in case our listeners aren't clear on this, um, he he's a ghost who takes on the form of a boat, the King of Red Lions. <laughs> So, Monica, what you're suggesting is that the King of Red Lions is just slowly shimmying across the sea, no sail. 
<laughs> looking for a hero for 300 to 700 years. <laughs> sure. Um, he doesn't necessarily need to be in the boat. I mean, he could have taken another boat. I see. I would assume that he only starts questing around for a hero once Ganon's power reaches the surface. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But Ganon's going to break out. So he's going to be just- proactive. <laughs> God, can you imagine how long it would take canonically to sail around without using the sail between all these goddamned islands? Yes. Three to seven hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Three to, okay, sure. Three to seven hundred years. Um, some, some, I guess, incident occurs. Well, first of all, again, manages to break out from underneath the ocean and bust his way to the surface and kick out um, some pirates out of their fortress. And he starts the quest to seek out the pieces of the Triforce again. And Ganon is smart enough to understand that's like, okay, I know that the Triforce, because this is the only version of Ganondorf who comes back remembering the events of a previous game. Um, so he's like, I remember that the royal family has the Triforce of Wisdom. And I've managed to put together that most likely all these girls are still blonde and have pointy ears. Because that's just how Hylian women be when they're royals. That's some great insight from a previous game. Isn't it? (laughs) So, Ganon sends out his minions searching the seas for young women, preferably blonde who have pointed ears. I assume that at one point, Ganon actually goes out to an island somewhere and looks around and goes, okay, actually, a lot of these people have rounded ears. Oh, this is going to be difficult. Okay, I'm going to get a bird to do this. <laughs> and they go around, they kidnap people. And one of the people that they kidnap uh, is Errol. And Errol's a sweet kid. In some ways, she's not especially important, uh, except for her like role in the story. She hasn't got a lot of agency. But she is brother, she is siblings with a kid named Link. And Link is singular in his focus to want to see his sister be okay. That is his baby sister that he sees get snatched away by a bird. And he's like, no, we're not going to stand for this. And Tetra, a pirate captain who is partially to blame for the fact that Errol got snatched away by this giant bird, is like, I'll help you go get your sister. And so they sail off to the Forsaken Fortress, where Link uh, completely fucks around and does not manage to rescue his sister. And he gets up to the top, and he's like, all right, let's do this. And the bird is like, I am like 45 feet tall, and you are a pipsqueak, and I don't give a shit about you. And instead of just killing Link, the bird's like curious about him, so it brings Link over to its master, who is Ganondorf. And Ganondorf's like, I'm sure this isn't important. Throw him into the sea. So the bird throws him into the sea, and Link washes up on um, Windfall Island, which is the mercantile island. And that's where he's found by a big talking boat called the King of Red Lions. And the King of Red Lions is like, hey, that was Ganon. Let's stop him. And Link's like, is my sister going to be saved at the end of this? And the boat's like, this is literally the only way to save her. And Link's like, let's go then, motherfuckers. So Link sails around and he gathers up magical artifacts and gets the Triforces, not the Triforces, he gets the Master Swords and he goes and he fights Ganon and Ganon's like, your Master Sword sucks now. It's been laying sallow in the depths of the ocean for too fucking long. And I may have killed me. the sages that were making it sparkle. <laughs> yeah, he did actually go and mur- he figured, Ganon figured out 
who was empowering the Master Sword in the wake of Ocarina of Time because the spirit of the hero had been removed from the timeline at this point and the spirit of the hero is linked to the Master Sword. And he murdered those people, so now the Master Sword can't hurt him. And Link's like, oh, I'm going to go fix this. And he goes and he finds new sages who do not have to die in order to awaken to their new role and through prayer give new power to the Master Sword. And also Link goes off and he collects the pieces of the Triforce of Courage that were hidden by Zelda back at the end of Ocarina of Time. Also, (laughs) Tetra is descended from Zelda and she has the Triforce of Wisdom now. Yes. Hopefully you get the Triforce pieces through the game the whole way through, so you're not stuck with a long quest near the end. It's okay in Wind Waker HD. So, Link... <laughs> Tetra gets kidnapped by Ganon. Link chases after down into the depths of Hyrule. And Link, Tetra, and Ganon, they all square off. And Link and Tetra work together to kill Ganon. Ganon is like, alright, I've got the whole Triforce here. And you're just kids, so I'm just going to take it from you. And he just takes it from them because they're children and he's a full-grown man. And He shows up another bunch of 10-year-olds. Yes, he just kicks the shit out of these 10-year-olds because that's the one thing that he has a lot of experience doing is clowning on 10-year-olds. His TikTok channel must be insane. Um, So Ganondorf gets together the whole Triforce and he just takes a moment to relish this. He's like, okay, finally, I get to have all of this. I will now make my wish. And he turns around and that goddamn ghost is already standing there with his hand on it. And Daphnis is like, aha, gotcha. And here we see ghosts can make wishes on the Triforce. Now we see ghosts can make wishes on the Triforce. And Daphnis wishes for hope for the future. Hope for these children. And he wishes for Hyrule to be flooded and for Ganondorf to be buried alongside it. And then he fucks off. And Ganon's like, huh. Well, I tell you what, because after he makes this wish, the Triforce flies away. I tell you what, if I can't have my wish, no one can. And if he wants a future for you, then I'm going to take it from you. And he pulls out his sword to kill these 10-year-olds. It's worth noting here, he's saying, like, I can I can overcome the wish just made. And he could, in theory. You can get a game over here, but it doesn't happen canonically. There is no timeline split where Ganon manages to destroy the hope of the future. So Link and Tetra working together kill Ganon, bury the Master Sword in his forehead, and seal him inside of stone, which is then promptly buried beneath the waves as the end of Ganon's life signals the fall of the waters completely. Hyrule is buried beneath the ocean, Ganon is left behind, and Link and Tetra return to the surface and set off to find a new land. And that's the end of the Wind Waker. Fuck. That's a mouthful. Did I do okay with that one? Yeah. Alright. Can we remark that nothing much happens in Phantom Hourglass? Hold on. Yeah. What the fuck? Long ago, in the ancient demon war, the Ocean King took in refugees from the Old Kingdom, and the indigenous people of the realm of the Ocean King, the Cobble people, fought against the hordes of the demon king Bellum. They were able to drive Bellum back, but their civilization unfortunately collapsed. Thousands of years later, Link and Tetra are drawn into the world of the Ocean King, which is still under siege by the demon king Bellum, who has stolen Tetra's life force. But Link, with the help of Linebeck, the treasure hunter, 
is able to to defeat Bellum on a grand adventure, therefore repaying the ancient debt that the people of Hyrule have to the Ocean King. It's romantic. That is romantic. I like that. Monica. <laughs> All I'm saying is we could abbreviate that to one line on this giant diagram. No, Monica. This, I know that it's not a great game in terms of its treatment of Tetra, but this is genuinely a nice story for how it ties into the larger accursed timeline okay. reading of the conflict. Okay. But thank you, Crystal. That was a lovely summary. Thank you, Crystal. All right, Monica, you tell us about what happens next. Okay, so Tetra and Link keep sailing. They're looking for a new kingdom that will be the new Hyrule, even though the king says... It will be your... It will not be Hyrule. Yeah. Tetra says, fuck you. <laughs> Tetra lands on this place, says, fuck you, king. Um, this is probably going to be new Hyrule. I- Un- unbeknownst to her, the the land that they've arrived on is the old kingdom which we touched on, what is it, an hour ago? Oh, no, don't click that. <laughs> you don't need to know. Okay. Um, earlier on in this uh, this episode, the, the original land in which the spirits of good, including Hylia, watched over the Triforce, and where um, Maladus was sealed and bound underneath uh, these tracks... She doesn't know that. She lands and there are the servants of the old spirits of good, the Locomo, who are like, hey. And she's like, hey. And they start up a friendship. They set up a kingdom here. And um, it, it's a nice place. It's a kingdom that's actually very similar to the kingdom in the era of the Minish Cap. Yeah. It's... Um, very carefree. Also, the Locomo helped them build trains because the old kingdom was fucking enormous and trains are one of the only ways to travel across it safely. Yeah. Um, and by doing so, the, the power of Hylia has returned to the land um, where the spirits of good used to reign. Though there is no Triforce. The Triforce has fucked off. The Triforce has fucked off. However, with the blood of Hylia here, um, Maladus wakes up. He's like, hey, I smell something good. So, again, exactly a hundred years. Oh, that's not a hundred years after Phantom Hourglass, but a hundred years after Tetra lands. Um, stuff starts going sideways. The royal family, which will never learn its lesson, um, takes in an advisor with two nice hats on his head. Chancellor Cole. And uh, the king queen die. I'm mis- sure that's very mysterious. Not thing. related. And uh, a very young Zelda is reigning over the kingdom. Um, the spirit tracks that are binding Melodus start to disappear, and this is a problem. Um, when Zelda and Link go to investigate, Melod, uh, not Melodus, Cole. Cole shows up and uh, steals her body. And Zelda is left as a spirit. Yep. And the entirety of Spirit Tracks, you travel around with Zelda's ghost. Which is great. Which is great. Best sidekick character. Yep. Um, you, to restore power to the Spirit Tracks, you play songs with the Locomo, and eventually Maladus does uh, briefly get out and start taking over Zelda's body, which... Very scary. Very scary. 
Got big red eyes. Um, but everything's okay. You gather up the ancient weapons used by the spirits of good in the battle against Maladus long ago. You always ask me to sum up the fighty bits and I just go, meh. <laughs> the locomo sword and the bow of light. Oh, right. The bow of light, which comes up in several instances on the timeline, which in Link Between Worlds as described as being infused with the light of the Triforce itself, as if this is as much power of the Triforce as the gods can use is in the bow of light. So with the power of the bow of light, Maladus is driven out of Zelda's body. Zelda's able to take it back and she and Link fight Maladus, who has instead taken over Cole's body. And they manage to kill Maladus forever and ever and ever. Cool. Cool. I guess the Spirits of Good really needed Hylia to come back so they could tag her in to finish off Maladus. It all worked out. It worked out in the end, but boy, there was a lot of getting around to it. And that's actually the final end of the Great Demon War, the death of Maladus. And that concludes the adult timeline. The Locomo returned to the heavens to be with the spirits of good, leaving the new kingdom, which is also the old kingdom, unplagued by demons and without a need for gods, which is in some ways the happiest of all the endings in the Zelda series, especially for these timelines. One more branch to go through. 1.5. Well, I mean, these are all pretty short. Yes. Zoom the camera back. Link awakens in the Temple of Time. Navi flies out the window without even saying goodbye. The Triforce immediately splits as soon as Link returns, because... While he left the Triforce of Courage back in the adult timeline, he still has a, a hole in his hand where the Triforce of Courage should be. And the Triforce recognizes that. And so it splits. And Link gets the Triforce of Courage. And Ganon gets the Triforce of Power. And Zelda gets the Triforce of Wisdom. Not a great state of affairs. This isn't immediately known. In fact, the secrecy is very important, but go on, Crystal. So Link doesn't worry about anything that's going on in Hyrule. He's going to enjoy his childhood by venturing into the woods I, with his pony. I feel like this may be a slight mischaracterization. Yeah? You know, a little bit. Okay. okay. Link, Link speaks to Zelda. They have a conversation. Zelda's like, listen, I understand you need to go search for your friend, so I'm going to give you the Ocarina of Time. Both because I think it will is a symbol of our friendship, and it will help you out, and also it will deny it to Ganondorf. A big deal. Yeah, you, big deal. you can't get through the door of time <laughs> to the Master Sword and to the Triforce. So Link goes searching for Navi in the Lost Woods, but he is uh, mugged by the Skull Kid. God damn it, Skull Kid. Who steals his horse. So he goes chasing after his skull kid and he falls into a big hole into the realm of Termina. This world would be destroyed by the moon in three days. And Link needs to use the Ocarina of Time to go back in time over and over three days, slowly finding a way to awaken the four giants who can hold up the moon and defeat the Majora's mask. The skull kid has poured all of his resentment and hatred into. And he succeeds. He does it. <laughs> he does. He saves the world. Once. Once. 
Don't worry. The goddess of time makes it so he saved all the worlds. Yeah. They all happen simultaneously. You can get Andrew and Cafe together, but also save the little old lady from being mugged, probably. Time travel in Terminal works differently than time travel in Hyrule. Because Link doesn't just travel back in time and create new timelines. Link is actually rewinding the entire world over and over and over. He brings the world back in time with him. So he doesn't create a million alternate futures where the moon crashes and everyone dies. That doesn't happen. No, we don't know why it's like that. <laughs> the goddess of time. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, that that is such a good sync point. I'm glad that you two said that so simultaneously in my ears. That was ears. better than our initial clap. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, the evil is purged from Majora's Mask, and it is returned to the Collector of Masks, who may have started the whole Termina incident by going after the mask. Yeah. Yeah, oops. Oopsie poopsie. And Link continues on his journey. But that's not all that's fucking happening now, is it? No. Monica, <laughs> why don't you... Tell us about what's been going on in Hyrule while Link's been off gallivanting. Okay. Well, Ganondorf thinks he can one-up these 10-year-olds, but uh, these 10-year-olds have the foresight of a different time. And suddenly, while everything started to line up, um, the access to the Triforce is snatched away. And also, I guess the Prince of Hyrule can really swing her power and go, hey, this guy's a fucker. So Gandorf is is kicked out. Kicked out? Kicked out. What are you talking about? Like, the, a, a large war occurs. Yeah, you're adding a lot more than I put into the sure. document, though. That's fine, isn't it? I guess. A big war happens. A big war do happen. Gandorf cannot do subterfuge. He will do fuge. Y- yeah, he fuges. And... um. The incursion spreads all the way to Castletown and the Temple of Time, so the kingdom capital is strategically moved elsewhere. It's mostly a a losing war, however, um, up until which point uh, Link shows up in Hyrule again and says, Hey, I suppose you guys need some help. And he takes on uh, the battle against Ganondorf. And as we see in certain hints in Twilight Princess, um, Link, then I guess a general. Yes. Um, fights Gandorf basically at the, the steps of Hyrule Castle. Without the Master Sword. Without the Master Sword. And he manages to stop Gandorf, but dies in the act. And he's buried under a sacred tree on the castle grounds. Watched over by the spirits of the people that he commanded. Ganondorf is uh, chained up by the ancient sages. He's taken to the... uh, Arbiter's Grounds. The Arbiter's Grounds. uh, Gerudo holy place that has been conquered by the Hylians. Oopsie. And put on trial by the sages. Yep. And they execute him. But uh, the execution does not stick. Because Ganondorf has the Triforce of Power. He didn't even know that. And he breaks out. He kills the Sage of Water. And the sages are like, oh shit, shit, shit. Uh, Time to send him into another dimension 
which I'm sure won't want to interfere with their day-to-day living. And he's sent through the Mirror of Twilight into the Twilight Realm, which long ago had been used to banish the demons. This is probably the least moral thing that the sages could have done. I mean, it was in the heat of the moment. One of them had been killed. Yeah, that doesn't change the fact that they took the greatest evil on the planet, wielding infinite power, and said, uh, let's make him somebody else's problem. Send him into the dark dimension. Yeah. There's demons in that other dark dimension, probably. They knew about the Twily. Oops, yeah, that's true. That's but wh- what they didn't anticipate is that his connection to the dark dimension would make him more powerful in the Mia dimension. What did I do? <laughs> Oh, no. Is that what happens, Crystal? No. Ken dies and falls into the the Twilight Realm. Only... But then what happens? How can... How how is the... If he is so traumatized by the transition into the Twilight Realm that he loses all sense of consciousness, then how could he possibly be a threat anymore? In another time, in another place, a wish is made on the Triforce. And the wish echoes across all timelines, and Ganondorf awakens. Ooh. Yeah, I like that shit. So. And when he awakens, he looks out upon the people that live in the Twilight Realm, not knowing that once this was the demon tribe that served demise. And he finds among them nothing but peaceful individuals who live serene lives in a serene world. And in all of them, he finds only one whose heart truly hungers for power, a man named Zant. And Ganon appears to Zant in the guise of a god, investing in Zant all of his own power, so that he might conquer the Twilight Realm, and from there, spread his influence to the world of light. This takes place three to seven hundred years later. (laughs) And Zant starts taking over Hyrule. It's time for the Twilight Princess game. One of the best games ever made. And the worst of the 3D Zeldas. Hot takes, hot takes. I We say that every time this game comes up. Yes. Um, Zant and his forces start transforming the world of light into the Twilight Realm, effectively. Well, they bring over the they Twilight. They bring over the Twilight. Yeah. People are transformed into spirits. Um, a country bumpkin yeah. <laughs> named Link... Um, starts an adventure when some kids from his village are kidnapped. Um, he is transformed into a wolf when being pulled into the twilight. Because this Link is a special boy. Very manly, manly man with the Triforce of Courage. How the fuck did the Triforce of Courage end up with him? It was passed through his bloodline. That does make sense. That's just about the only thing that makes sense. Um, a mysterious imp appears... And I wouldn't say assists Link, more like uses him for her own ends. Her own ends. Uh, frees him. They run into Zelda, one of the only Zeldas to reign when uh, shit goes bad. Yep. And they travel around to get some, what are they called? The Fused Shadows? The Fused Shadows. Which is the ancient relic of the Twilight people, which contains the full power of the royal family of the Twilight. Right. So that they can try to defeat Zant. You're right. That 
don't work so hot. Well, it does. Like that, the, they don't actually get to test it until later. Right. I mean to say, Zed catches on to their plan. Oh yeah. Um, injures Midna or gets Midna injured sufficiently enough that uh, she needs to be brought over and bestowed with something from Zelda. Well, you could just say what you think. What her soul and probably the Triforce of Wisdom. Sure. And the two then go out and go and get shards of the Mirror of Twilight so that they go- can go into the Twilight Realm. Because when they, they were intending to go into the Twilight Realm and whoop Zant's ass, but when they get there, the mirror's been shattered. Yes, so they need to reform that mirror. They gather up the pieces. They go and beat up Zant. Uh, they, they whip Zant's ass. They free the Twilight Realm. Zant's like, I'll keep coming back no matter what. My god's power will revive me. And Midna goes, we're going to test that theory right this instant. And she uses the power of the fused shadow to just pop his ass like a balloon. And, of course, there's the, the person behind Zant the whole time. And they're like, yeah, uh, I guess Gandorf is a threat and sitting in Hyrule Castle. Midna's like, who's... I mean, they learn about Ganondorf. Back when they find the broken mirror of Twilight and the sages are like, okay, look. Sorry. We did all of this and we're super sorry, but also you have to fix it because we can't. Because it's Ganon and he's uh, he would love to kill us. And let's look at Midna go and they, they beat up Ganondorf. They do. There's like four battles to beat Ganon. You did a real good job. What? No, that's it. That's, yeah. that's good enough. There's four battles. Four fights. It's kind of a long ending. Yeah, it's a long ending. Um, Zelda is brought back. Yep. Hyrule Castle explodes. Yeah. Ganon dies. Ganon dies with the Master Sword through his chest. You think that Midna's dead, but no, she is back. She's revived by the power of the Light Spirits. And she's no longer an imp. She has resumed her true form as the heir to the throne of the Twilight Realm. And she makes one of the greatest uh, calls in the series, which is, you guys have big issues, and while I might want to stay, bye. She completely and irrevocably obliterates the Mirror of Twilight behind her so that there can be no more contact between the Twilight Realm and the World of Light. Good call. Good call. And that's the end of Twilight Princess. Crystal, could could you summarize the next one? The most controversial one, A Link Between Worlds. Honestly, I don't think this is any more unintuitive than putting Four Swords Adventures after Twilight Princess. We should recap our argument for A Link Between Worlds. Please. Let's see. I guess the easiest way to go about that is to bring up certain things in A Link Between Worlds. How is the world set? And in Twilight Princess. Sure. The Triforce is splits. At the beginning of A Link Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. It is not split at the end of A Link to the Past. The Hyrule Royal Family possesses the whole thing. Right. At the beginning of A Link Between Worlds, Triforce of Wisdom is with Zelda. Power is with Ganon, who is dead and in hell. And Courage is with the Sages, who have hidden it away to be given to the hero. Now, this is a situation that uh, is a lot more similar to Twilight Princess than A Link to the Past. Where the Historia and Encyclopedia had placed it. Yeah. The other thing is, um, Ganondorf, Ganon is, is dead, um, in, 
in the ending of Twilight Princess, and he is also dead in a, a link between worlds. Well, I mean, he's dead at the end of Link to the Past too. That's not fair. Real. That's but not without the Triforce. Well, there's a reason that we didn't bring that part up in the document. Oh, okay. Because he's dead in both. Sorry. The fact that he has the Triforce, yeah, that's a considerable difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Majora's Mask is in Link's house. <laughs> I love bringing this up. That uh, was fun. The Seven Sages uh, in Link Between Worlds are not uniformly human. The assumption being that... Um, the Maidens in Link to the Past were all human. Yeah. But the the ancient sages passed on their powers to different peoples of Hyrule. Yeah, or something. Yes, and in Link a Link Between Worlds, we have therefore the Zora Queen as a sage. And there's a couple of other things, smaller or larger. But the biggest thing is that the Triforce is split in a way that lines up with Twilight Princess, but does not line up with any particular point in the demise timeline, especially Link to the Past. Is that is that a good enough summary, Crystal? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. There is lands within the universe called Low Rule. Who can say what Low Rule is? We don't know. No, we we still don't fucking know. <laughs> but it's a place that exists, and once upon a time, it had its own Triforce, and people fought over the Triforce as they do. And the royal family of Low Rule decided the solution to this problem would be simply to destroy the Triforce so people wouldn't fight over it. That's some galaxy brain thinking. Unfortunately, because the Triforce is the engine of creation, the foundation of the universe, uh, destroying the Triforce means low rule is slowly crumbling out of existence. Whoopsie doodle. (laughs) They had good intentions. So Princess Hilda of low rule and Yuga, the artist sorcerer, Enact a plan to steal the Triforce from Hyrule so they can stabilize Low Rule. Yuga kidnaps the the sages and Zelda, and Zelda has a Triforce of Wisdom here, and uses it to summon Ganon, who has a Triforce of Power. And Yuga merges with Ganon to become Yuga Ganon. Yeah. That, so Link, Link does battle. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I, I, I'm really glad that name isn't strictly canonical, but it's a good description of what we're looking at. So Yuga was going to betray Hilda and take the whole Triforce for himself so he can make everything beautiful. But don't worry, because Link and Zelda are able to kill Yuga. Yay. Woo. And with the whole Triforce now brought together again in Hyrule, they make a wish to restore the Lorulian Triforce. Maybe this wish is the number two wish in this series. <laughs> it's pretty good. You just give them their Triforce back. Just do it. The Triforce can reproduce itself. Sure. Why not? Maybe that's how they defeat Ganon. They destroy the Triforce, then all move to low rule. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay, 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 okay. So this marks the end of the child timeline as we've got it. And this is where things get a little bit hinky. And they also depend a lot on our reading of The Wish from The Imprisoning War. Now, as we've gone over in every timeline, the wish resonates and it changes things, mostly in empowering Ganon to enact his will upon the world throughout his different incarnations across time. But even when Ganon is utterly defeated, when he is dead at the end of the demise timeline, 
when he is sealed beneath the sea at the end of the adult timeline, when he is a ghost waiting for someone to come along and find him at the end of the child timeline, each of them still resonates with that wish. Each of them still moves toward an ending where they will have everything. And these three timelines are really, really goddamn different. And one of the things about Breath of the Wild and the way that it's affected timeline discussions is that it doesn't really fit in any one of the three. Neither one of the three in terms of the Hyrule Historia or Zelda Encyclopedia timelines, nor in one of the three for the Accursed timeline. We just, it just doesn't work. There's too many conflicting details. But there is a little bit of detail in Triforce Heroes, which gives us the leeway necessary to say the things that we do. Because in Triforce Heroes, the Drablands is full of architecture, which comes from different timelines, specific places in specific games from throughout different timelines. That is the Drablands. Drablands being a wholly separate realm. It is essentially the sacred realm as seen in Triforce Heroes, only reachable by portals. So the fact that the Drablands, the sacred realm, has this place or acts as this place where different aspects of different timelines all come together suggests that the timelines are in fact merging in a way that would allow for Breath of the Wild to take place. Not on one timeline, but on all of them. Because the power of the wish that Ganon made to possess everything, to control the entire cosmos, reaches out across all timelines, and as they grow more similar, they are made very slowly to converge. They are folded atop one another. And those parts that cannot fit in this new condensed timeline, this new unified timeline, is shunted into the sacred realm the sacred realm acting as a kind of repository for things that would no longer make sense. So over time, the timelines grow more similar until they are but one again. And there is a particular effect that this has in that its effect on Ganon is the most assuredly felt. The undying shadow from the demise timeline who returns over and over is layered on top of the hellbound ghost who died with the master sword in his chest from the child timeline is layered on top of the still extant king who is sealed beneath the sea in the adult timeline and similar to how the timelines merge so too does ganon become more and more intensely himself as he is combined with each of his alternative bodies, his alternative powers. And so when the timelines merge at the end of a very long golden age for Hyrule, when the royal family was ruling with the entire Triforce, eventually Ganon rises up and he is far worse than he has ever been. This is not just Ganon as empowered by demise. This is not just Ganon who has known defeat at the hand of multiple links. This is not just Ganon who is clever and steals from the gods. This is not just Ganon who set himself up as a god. This is all of them simultaneously at once. And it is difficult to convey the scale of horror that he represents. So Ganondorf attacks Hyrule. 
seeking we don't know what, possibly the Triforce, possibly simple fact of owning everything. And he's defeated because at the end of the Golden Era, Hyrule has been built into a kingdom that can resist him. The family wields, the royal family wields the entire Triforce and a hero is found that can wield the Master Sword. And between those two powers, Ganondorf is killed. And then because the universe works that way now, because the Triforce changed things, he returns and he stopped and he returns and he returns and he returns. Over and over and over. Until one day it's decided that killing Ganondorf, or even relying on the power of the gods, isn't going to do it anymore. The people who gave birth to Ganondorf, the Gerudo, they still carry the weight of taboo. And the people who worship dragons, who venerate the spirit of the hero, the Zonai, these two tribes work together. And with their magic, and with their strength, they bind Ganondorf beneath the earth with a seal that is mightier than that of the gods. And I guess a giant glowing hand. Well, yeah, that looks like a Zonai arm. <laughs> a Zonai arm that's surrounded in Gerudo's script. Please go listen to our Breath of the Wild episodes for, especially our Breath of the Wild sequel is now in development episode for our ruminations on that business. So Ganondorf is sealed beneath the earth, but that's not really enough. Because his hatred can't be bound in the same way. And it spreads off of him like a miasma, becoming the malice. And that malice reaches up through the earth, reaching the surface, and becomes the calamity. And the United Kingdom of Hyrule destroys the calamity, but it keeps returning over centuries, over and over and over, until it becomes so terrible that it too is called Ganon, and it is decided that they cannot kill the Calamity permanently, so it has to be sealed too. An army of autonomous robots called Guardians is built, and massive animal mecha wielding enormous weapons are built. The Divine Beasts and Champions are found from all throughout Hyrule to pilot the Divine Beasts, and the people of the Zonai gather together behind the hero who is one of them. The hero of that age wielding the Master Sword is one of the Zonai. And wearing barbarian armor, I guess. Because the barbarian armor in Breath of the Wild is the armor of the Zonai. Including the big red headdress, which is why Link, as depicted 10,000 years ago, has red hair. He's wearing a big red headdress. And when the Calamity is unleashed for the final time... It is met in a war that devastates the land on a scale that's difficult to, to convey. Oceus, the Windfish, and Levius, who's a spirit from Skyward Sword that we didn't really describe, but he's there. You can go listen to our Skyward Sword episodes. All of them lose their lives in this conflict. And the Zonai battle with Ganon alongside the hero to buy time for the Sheikah technology of the Guardians to be brought to bear. And the Zonai are wiped out. But it buys Hyrule enough time. And Ganon is defeated by the Divine Beast and the hero. And with the power of the Triforce as wielded by the Divine Princess, Ganon is sealed... The Calamity Ganon is sealed beneath Hyrule Castle. And that seal is maintained by the power of the Triforce as wielded by the matrilineal line of the royal family using the power of Hylia. And that peace, that seal is maintained for 10,000 years. Not three to 700? No, 10,000. Cool. 
Now, Crystal, that's the longest stretch of time in the timeline, according to your estimations? Yes, in my estimations, that's about as long as, if not longer than everything else that has <laughs> happened before it. Cool. So the entire Legend of Zelda series could fit within the Calamity's imprisonment. Yes. Wild. So 10,000 years of peace. Hyrule's pretty chill during this time. So hey, chill. This, is, this is where we put the Triforce Heroes. What happens in Triforce Heroes? Um, nothing significant. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, no, I'll, 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 I'll go through Triforce no, Heroes. I, let's have Crystal do this Okay, one. sure. There is a neighboring kingdom of Hyrule, Hytopia, where it was so peaceful and so prosperous that the primary concern of the people who lived there was merely to be fashionable. There were, there was no material concerns. No one had to worry about Ganon. It was so great. One might even say it is the realm of the gods. One might. Though that is not universally agreed upon. Yeah. So one day, Lady Maud, who lived in the drab lands, gave Princess Styla of Hytopia a gift. A hideous one-piece jumpsuit that was impossible to remove. So the people called out for help, and three heroes, the Triforce heroes, appeared. And though they were initially unfashionable, they slowly grew to become more fashionable and were able to defeat Lady Maud, who revealed that she gave Princess Tyler the jumpsuit because she thought it was the most stylish garment ever. And why would you ever even want to take it off? But she relents, and the curse on Princess Tyla is broken. Such was conflict in the days when the Calamity was sealed. That's great. It's such a great non-conflict. Yeah. Welp, what's left? Why, that would be The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, Ganondorf... Is long forgotten. Oh, yeah. Nobody even knows that Ganondorf existed. Like, could you name the greatest conqueror of 10,000 years ago in our history? No. No, I guess not. <laughs> so, by now, the Calamity is known by the name Ganon. Yes. It is the only Ganon for as far as the people of Hyrule are concerned. And... Because the royal family, again, will never learn. They never, ever. Um, a fortune teller shows up. Fuck. And says, uh, hey, king um, and queen, issues are going to happen. Uh, the calamity again is going to break out. What you should do is actually dig underneath the earth. Um, you'll find some great weapons. And they're like, oh, Okay. And they dig up and they find uh, giant uh, robot guardians and four mechas. Yeah. And um, they're like, wow, fortune teller, you you did us a great good. But at the same time, the queen's like, blarg. Because she died. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, the princess Zelda of this time is like six years old. And she never learned the exact nature of the sealing power or any of her uh, matrilineal duties. This is a problem. Because nobody can teach her because that shit is so secret. Uh, the king at the time, Rome, somehow gets it into his head that uh, focused prayer 
will unlock these powers. And so Zelda spends like the next 10 to 11 years of her life praying at uh, springs. Yeah. It and, sucks. And doing science, which is her actual interest on the side. Well. Hey, Crystal, do we think that this fortune teller is Ganon again? Yeah, this is Ganon. God damn you, Ganon. It's fun because before the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, you you might be like, well, it's hard to think of Ganon, the Calamity Ganon, having this sapience. Yeah. But after the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, you're like, aha, there's a sapience. And I did re-listen to the Breath of the Wild episode as well, and the, the first one, the first episode. And you two ponder on the Calamity's eyes being um, hints of that consciousness and that humanity being if um, a power that is peering through that you could perhaps talk to. And you two called Breath of the Wild 2. Good. Good job. Anyway, back to Breath of the Wild. Um, the kingdom is gearing up for the return of the Calamity. Um, champions are found from each of the different peoples of Hyrule, and the the chief of them being a Hylian named Link, who was beating up adults at a very young age and has drawn the Master Sword. They, well, he escorts around Zelda to the different shrines, uh, springs, as she tries in vain to activate her powers. Uh, that doesn't work so hot. Um, on her 17th birthday, she makes a final attempt at the Spring of Wisdom to activate that power. It doesn't work out. And, and then Calamity's back. And then the Calamity's back. Oopsie doopsie. Yep. So... The champions get into their mechas, and Link and Zelda together try to confront Ganon. It doesn't work so hot. Uh, the king is killed. The champions are locked in their corresponding divine beasts and killed. The big reason that this doesn't work out is because the instant Ganon comes back, it reveals that it actually has the power to control the guardians and the divine beasts. Yes, they perhaps should not have dug them up. Go figure. <laughs> and Link and Zelda flee. Um, they end up in a field. Link kills a bunch of the guardians. Very many of those guardians because he's just at the height of his heroic powers. Yeah. And he mostly dies. Yes. He basically dies. He dies defending Zelda from the yes. guardians. Um, Zelda hears the voice of the Master Sword. You might want to say that this is the moment where she awakens to her power. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> she, because that's what awakens up her powers, I guess, emotional growth. Yeah. And possibly love. Sure. Sure. I'm going to say emotional growth. Sure. She has the full Triforce. She does. This is important. She shuts down all the nearby guardians. She hears the voice of the sword, the master sword, Phi, who... Tells her, hey, he's still alive. Um, better get him to that resurrecting chamber. I guess it's helpful to point out at this point, Phi was transferred into this version of the Master Sword. I mentioned that. I Some mentioned that ago, back in... I'm simply recounting the memory of our dear listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the age of the hero of men. 
instead of sleeping forever in the other sword. Right. So Link is uh, swooped off to be healed, and Zelda goes off to fight Ganon alone. And a hundred years pass. Okay. So that's actually like two-thirds of the story of Breath of the Wild before the game goddamn begins. Crystal, will you give us the last act? Link awakens with no memories. And he walks out of the Chamber of Resurrection and meets an old man. who tells him he needs to go upgrade his iPad. He needs to download some updates for his iPad. Yeah. Yeah. And then the king tells him, after he's updated his iPad, the story of what happened 100 years ago. And Link hears Zelda calling to him from the castle. And Link goes to gather up the Divine Beasts so they can fire big lasers at the Calamity. And in doing so, he slowly regains his memory and remembers all all of his champion friends and the sacrifices they made and meets their ghosts. And eventually, with the power of all the Divine Beasts, and the power of the Master Sword, he's able to hit Ganon real good and mess up the body that he was trying to build for himself. But then, the Calamity assumes his pure form made of pure malice, the Dark Beast Ganon. And Zelda summons the Bow of Light so that Link can fire it directly into Ganon's eye. And then Zelda pops out and uses the power of the Triforce on the weakened Calamity to completely obliterate him into nothingness. That's the good shit. Yeah. Happy ending. I'm glad Ganon is gone forever. Yeah. (laughs) It's the hardest that Ganon ever eats shit being crushed into a big magical singularity. Only. And then afterwards, Zelda loses her connection with her power, which worrisome especially because after that we get to watch the sequel trailer when it's like oh there ganon's still here oh he's waking up yeah you you guys didn't even uh attack the actual ganon the real boss hasn't shown up yet all that apocalypse a realm destroyed your hero dead your princess locked in battle for a hundred years and the real one hasn't even come out of his hole is that Jousting at shadows or tilting at windmills. Anyway. Utterly chaotic. Ha ha ha. Ha ha I think we've reached the end of the timeline. <sighs> that is the accursed timeline. That is the yeah. accursed timeline. I think that from now on, um, Breath of the Wild and Triforce Heroes represent a different mode for storytelling in the Zelda series. The Aonuma games had a big focus on interconnected game narratives. Like, a lot of his games would refer to each other or depend on events of earlier games in order to be properly contextualized. But Breath of the Wild is so far removed from the rest of the series that it barely needs it at all. And I think it's very possible that we could be entering an era, I don't know if it'll be longer or shorter, where all of the upcoming titles are much less connected than what we've gotten used to over the past 20 years. Could be, but who knows? Miyamoto. <laughs> Miyamoto with his timeline document. With his big timeline document. But any at any game, any moment, um, something could co- come out which overturns 
not just the Historia and the Encyclopedia, but also the Accursed Timeline. Crystal, do you think that Breath of the Wild 2 may end up causing us to rewrite this entire timeline? I hope so. <laughs> God. Yeah. I hope Breath of the Wild 2 is such a is so radical that we have to delete most of this timeline. Sure. That would be amazing. Well, I'm sure you two have noticed, but I've put a version 1.0 in the actual document because it's not the end. Yeah, of course. This is an iterative process. So, Crystal, you're hoping that the next game requires us to write a 2.0. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of hoping for it too, to be honest, because this this is one of my favorite parts of the process, being made to reconsider everything that we think we know. So where can we find this document again? You can find this document at bit.ly slash the accursed timeline, each word capitalized. That is capital T for the, capital A for accursed, capital T for timeline. Whew. Well, we're at the end of the accursed timeline, but it's not the end of theorizing. No, no, of course. Like... I think that my dearest hope is that somebody will listen to this timeline and go, wait, that's bullshit, and then come up with their own. Yeah. To go like, okay, I don't agree with the High World Historia timeline, but also this has big holes in it, and I'm going to fix it. I would love that. Crystal, you actually had a theory that you brought up recently, right? Oh, yeah, that um, <laughs> Demise is the Terminian counterpart of Maladus. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do you want to expand on that a bit? Uh, well, it's my belief that Termina is underground because Link has to fall in a big hole to get there. Uh-huh. Uh, and Demise came out of the Earth, and he has an upside-down Triforce on his sword. He does. Like the Lorulian Triforce. And both Lorul and Termina have counterparts of Hylians. Hey, that works. You know, this is not this is not <laughs> one that I'm I'm ready to stand behind yet, but it's fun to just hmm, explore in this space. Yeah. I mean, we can split off if you need to. We can have a crystal timeline, a camera timeline, <laughs> and a Monica timeline. It's fun to reach some sort of a, a vague consensus. In fact, speaking on that, Monica, didn't you have an idea? I have two ideas. Oh, no. One's bigger than the other. So I'll go with the tiny one first. In my replay of Link's Awakening, well, well, I guess my playthrough of Link's Awakening for the Switch, um, I feel like the seashell house, the spirit behind it, is oh. a mother Mai Mai, um, whose half of her babies died. And oh those, my god. <laughs> and those are the tiny seashells, the secret seashells that you have to gather uh, on calling it. There's exactly 50. Fuck. There's 100 Mai Mai, usually in a clutch. So uh, you you return the, the shells of her babies to the mother Mai Mai, and she blesses you. That That's my small theory. Oh. I know, it's sad. That makes but, sense, because the Mai Mai do travel between dimensions. Yeah, and they can end up in this weird dream dimension, and... Uh, you'd be really confused and lost if you get there. In case anyone's not clear on this, uh, the Mayamai are from Link Between Worlds. Feel free to go listen to our episode about that game. My other one is a bit more uh, broad and wide-reaching. Uh, you mean that it's also extremely indulgent? <laughs> I guess so. So, 
uh, as I was listening to the podcast while um, exercising one day, the thought occurred to me to try to readdress the issue of the two Zeldas um, in The Legend of Zelda and The Adventure of Link. And my idea was, well, what if they're just the one person? And you're like, how could that work? So my thought was... Um, Going back into the the backstory of Adventure of Link, uh, the sleeping the the Princess Zelda is put to a eternal sleep, and the prince rules ineffectively for a while, and then dies, and his entire bloodline is destroyed or ended. So the royal family dies out. The royal family dies out, save for the sleeping princess. At that point, Hyrule is basically a non-functioning kingdom. Um, really only guided over by the Sheikah, um, including Impa, who knows what's up. Um, Zelda, the sleeping Zelda, um, reappears as a spirit and counsels Impa and the other Sheikah as to what to do. And they try to lead the remnants of the kingdom as best as they can. And one day Ganon invades... Same story, uh, Zelda directs uh, the Sheikah to hide the pieces of the Triforce of Wisdom. Uh, the Triforce of Power is seized. Uh, Ganon basically captures Zelda's ghost, or spirit. Link is directed by Impa to uh, address the situation. He busts into Ganon's house, um, gets the Triforces, and meets Zelda. Oh, who- hold on. <laughs> yes? I-, I think I misheard. Did you say... You you did say that Ganon steals Zelda's ghost. Yeah. Okay, I just want to be sure, Chris. I heard it the other way around. <laughs> no, no. You, you He steals her ghost or captures her ghost. Okay. Wanting the ghost to spill up the answers Got on it. where the Triforce of Wisdom is. And Link meets this Zelda who thanks him and uh, calls him the hero of Hyrule, but then disappears. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he goes to Impa, but Impa won't say shit. Because at this point, Link is 14 or 15, and you know, cl- not clearly the uh, hero king that would emerge as prophesized by the, the king of old. But in two years' time, when the symbol appears on his hand, um, Impa goes, well, now I can tell you who that mysterious spirit girl was. The Princess Zelda is here. She is asleep. And <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you have to wake her up. And so the Zelda that Link awakens um, in Adventure of Link had met him previously, briefly, um, in, in a spirit form. So it's not totally weird when she just wakes up and, and falls in love with him or, or whatever. Um, and there was only one Zelda the whole time. <sighs> and the, the line, uh, the royal line is reestablished. So, Crystal, what do you make of this theory? I like the idea of the the government of Hyrule is completely dissolved. It is it is death stranding time. <laughs> yeah. Zelda, you're the princess of jack shit. Zelda, a Hideo Kojima strand. I know this is a long reach. I mean, it's nice. It goes it shows exactly how far Z-Link shipping will take you <laughs> so that you can make it so that there's no Z-Link versus Z-Link conflicts. 
Well, also, it is really weird how the Zelda in the first game just is never mentioned again in Adventure of Link at all. There's no like, oh, Zelda's ruling the kingdom at the time or nothing. It's just like, hey, Link, I'm going to tell you of the Legend of Zelda, <laughs> the sleeping princess, which is not at all similar to the other princess who should be ruling the kingdom right now. Yep. Yeah. So I like this theory. It's not in the Accursed Timeline. It's not. It was devised after all of this was written. It's a fun It's a fun theory, though. It's fun. I like it. It's fun, at least partially because of how indulgent it is. <laughs> that does remind me of... Crystal, was it your theory that the Sleeping Princess might have been Zelda from the Demise Timeline? I don't think that was my theory. Well, I think we each must have come upon that point when we looked at the Accursed Timeline setup. For posterity's sake, for our listeners, there was an idea we had a while ago that the story of the Princess Zelda I was apocryphal, and that it may have been describing the sleeping Princess Zelda from the past ending of Skyward Sword. But it doesn't quite line up. It doesn't, sadly, because that was really good. That probably helped my my current theory. I believe that. Yeah. Set your mind down those paths. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if you if you liked this this whole thing, this coming up with new timelines and playing around with these ideas, you know, feel free to come up with your own. Please make your own, rather than taking this as canonical, or God forbid, taking the Hyrule Historia <laughs> as being strictly canonical. Make your own. Bring back those halcyon days where we were all just fighting each other constantly. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. I wrote a Zelda joke. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> before, <laughs> yes. Before we do that, um, firstly, Crystal, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at Arcane Crystal and at patreon.com slash Arcane Crystal. And you can find me at Cam Writer. And you can find lots of other great podcasts on the Audio Audio Entropy Podcast Network. Did I say on Twitter or online? It's been it a all lo- works both ways. <laughs> it's been a long. It's been a long recording uh, on Twitter at Cam Writer. Yeah, lots of other good podcasts on the Audio Entropy Podcast Network. Uh, you know, go listen to some of those. I I do want to say just one more thing. Um, we will be coming back eventually in 2020 or 2021 or 2022 to do another episode on the sequel to Breath of the Wild. And that episode may have multiple parts. We may reconvene to talk about the next Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. Yeah. Quite likely. It's possible. If you're up to it, Crystal. Oh, I am extremely ready to do two-hour episodes on every trailer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, good. Well, maybe we'll do that, but... It's also possible that for a while, this might be the last Book of Medora episode. Yes. So I wanted to take a minute to just put it out there. I know there was a big gap between this episode and the one that preceded it. And, you know, a part of that is because we actually have been doing quite a lot of work to get the timeline document ready. Also, Fire Emblem Three Houses came out. Okay, yeah, but you know, the timeline document. <laughs> we didn't, we wrote like 200 pages worth of printed words or some bullshit. It's, we got serious about I it. I learned Adobe InDesign. I wrote this document three separate times from start to finish, from scratch. And I just wanted to say that every part of this process, 
from the writing itself, but most especially the recording of these episodes has been a real joy. And Crystal, I wanted to thank you in particular for starting this project, for telling me that it was a good idea, for doing all of the logistics behind making sure that it's hosted, for basically making it possible that we could do this at all. Yeah. It's It's been a really fun journey, and it's given me a much greater appreciation for something that I already loved. So thank you. Thank it, you, Crystal. It's been wonderful. Wow. Thank you. Anyway, so what's, what's your <laughs> Zelda choke? Jesus, is it that long? Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck off. Okay, sure. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. After Spirit Tracks, Link retired from both conducting and soldiering and became a confectioner. He specialized in delicious train-themed candies that were all the rage across the New Kingdom. He made train whistle lollipops you could blow to make a loud tooting sound, fright cars containing loads of chocolates and nuts, and delicate sugar locomotives whose wheels would actually turn and move with a connecting rod. One day, Link invited Zelda to come sample a new flavor of gum he'd invented. The princess, he knew, was a fan of everything sweet but especially gum. Joyfully, Zelda went to Link's store and picked up the brand new gum. She intended to enjoy it back at her room in the castle. But on her way back, Zelda was beset by monsters. In shock, she dropped her bag of gum and was forced to flee back to Link's store. What's the matter, Zelda? asked Link in alarm. Oh, Link, said Zelda. The choo-choos chewed my choo-choo-choo. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I tried. Fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Oh, shit. Fuck off. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, listeners. Well, Thank you. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.